Hello and welcome to the Inglorious Bards. I'm your mostly humble Game Master Tom, and this is Episode 3, Worldship Ornua. Thanks for listening to the podcast and joining us on our adventures. If you'd like to support the show, drop by our Patreon account, where your pledge will get you access to bonus content, including after-show commentary, character creation, and other exclusive audio. Check out patreon.com slash ingloriousbards. Find us on Facebook and Twitter to leave us a message and tell us what you think. Finally, thanks also go out to our sponsor this season, the Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop Software. In the last adventure, our heroes arrived at the massive world ship Ornua. They met a group of faithful people living on board who were under attack by a race of bug-like creatures called the Gris. Undergoing a mission to hinder the bugs, the heroes battled bravely but had one of their own, Catherine, captured in the fray. What is Catherine's fate at the hands of the Gris? And what secret does this world ship hold that no one knows? The adventure begins. The world ship Ornua rests somewhere in deep space. This massive vessel, capable of housing thousands of families, lies mostly empty and running on emergency power throughout most of the ship. We see a huge empty deck where fabrication units were never installed. Instead, there are sectioned off areas labeled machinery storage, tools, electronics, structures. They're all empty and have never been used. The deck is dark, lit up only by emergency blue strips of light. Beneath the thick flooring, we see a much smaller room hidden from sight. Sealed off from the rest of the ship and unknown to anyone on board the ship, this room houses three large containers with reinforced walls and glass-like doors. Each of them is empty, except the middle container. There, on the computer console attached to the container, is a message that reads, Alliance Science Core, hazardous materials, power levels low, containment failing. We can see condensation drip down the inside of the container's reinforced door. Suddenly, a long hook claw lashes out of the glass and scrapes down the inside. Our view leaves this hidden room and passes through other empty decks until we enter a large generator room. Several bug-like creatures, known as Gris, run between the generators. They make strange clicking noises while checking readouts on the generators. We hear a raspy voice in the distance. Tell me you're not the one to blame. Our view moves into several dingy rooms repurposed by the Gris. One of the creatures lies on a mat, bleeding green blood from a missing arm. A yellow maintenance light slowly swings from the ceiling. In another cramped room, a large Gris hunches over Catherine bound to a metal chair. Tell me you're not the one responsible for the starvation of my people. I couldn't possibly be the reason here. We are part of the prophets. We're here to help. He punches Catherine straight in the face. She shakes her head and spits blood on the floor. The Gris leader leans in close. His breath smells awful. I will not hear your lies. You will speak the truth before you die. If I am to die, then I have nothing left to live for and no reason to lie to you. He draws a knife and holds it over your bound leg. Plead for your life as my people have. I can promise you help. If there's been starvation or any sort of problems for your people, 
We want to intervene and make your lives better. We are part of the prophets. We are here to help. He takes the weapon and pulls it away from your leg. Unsure. It, there's, it's hard to read his weird bug-like face, but there's a sense of confusion, conflict, conflicting thoughts. He steps away from you a bit. You will tell me everything I need to know about your people. Which sector and decks are your food stored in? We're not from this place. We recently landed. There was a cry for help from this area. We came to investigate to see how we can help. We came here earlier today. He punches you again for one more point of bludgeoning damage. Are you unconscious? Still hanging in there? I got tons of space. Okay, he rounds he up with 10 more. <laughs> Let me know when you are at half. <laughs> exactly which decks do you, Strigan, live on? We know of deck one and two. As far as we can tell, the Strigan are in decks one and two. We are the prophets. We arrived here today to help. It sounds like you're starving. We can help with this. I do not know what a prophet is. My people are of an ancient group. The Strigan. <laughs> no, we're part of the prophets. We are here because there was a cry for help. We heard it. We are a part of a group that helps parts of the universe that are unable to help themselves. That sounds like you. Why are you starving? What has happened to your people? Why would you help the Gris? You would help the humans. We help all in need of help. Make a persuasion roll with advantage, please. 20. 20. Natural 20, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> he steps back from you again, leans out the open doorway to check on some wounded Gris in the other room that you can hear uh, making some sad, chirping, clicking noises. Bring him here. I can help heal him. He needs a medical bay. He needs technology. Let me see what I can do. You will not touch him. I don't have to. Mm. I do have to. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just one fingertip. I swear that's just, all I need. Just the tip. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I will not let you loose. You will not touch him. You will stop lying. I have not lied to you. Nor will I lie to you. Let me help you. I can start with your soldier over there. He does not let unbind you in any way Fine. and does not bring anyone else, uh, does not bring that person in either. You say you are not of the Strigan, and I fear you work for the Strigan. You come to exterminate us. We have no interest in exterminating you. We do want to help the Strigan as we want to help you. There can be peaceful coexistence here. We there is like no peace. 
They signed the contract. We signed the contract. They break the contract and we suffer. We have not heard of this contract. Can you give me more information? We arrived a year back. They have no means of creating power. We can create power. In return, we have a place to call home and are fed. But now they do not feed us. That is very upsetting. We were not told this. We want to help you. It sounds like your people are hurting. We don't want this. I believe we can come to a peaceful agreement around this. They can be persuaded. There are fewer of them than of you. We can help this alliance. He, as you say that, is taking his knife just slightly in and out of the sheath just over and over again. Like he's just frustratedly not sure what to do. Just want you to stop rolling 20s. (laughs) (laughs) Make another persuasion roll. Straight, please. Mm, That's a five. Five. No, that's a seven. Seven. Not much better. Okay. (laughs) And what is your goal then? Why do you want peace? Why do you care? That is my purpose in life. The five of us who came here wants to help. That is our goal. That is what we've been sent to do. There is no other reason. Where are medical supplies? for my wounded fellow. We can make that happen for you. We have a medic with us, but I will not let him come in to be harmed. Tell me where the hospital and supplies are. We only have one ship. We did not know the extent of the pain and suffering that was happening here. We did not come prepared for this, but we can offer some amount of help. He walks out. You are left alone by, uh, you, other than the sound of the wounded guy 15 feet away in another room. And you can hear sounds of a generator and some clicking. You know, he, uh, the guy who just left is not the only one around here. And you're just alone with that single yellow light just swinging gently. I hear the one guy outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to... Whisper loudly, I can hear you're in pain. Come in here, come nearby, and I can help you. I can alleviate the pain. I can help heal you. That's it. You can make another persuasion roll with disadvantage. Sure, sure. Okay, well, that is a eight. Eight. You get no response other than just some strange, long, sad, pained clicking noises. I have no idea what that would sound like. (laughs) Click, click. (laughs) (laughs) After some time, your interrogator strides back in and he has a uh, a communicator in his hand and uh, presses it towards you, realizes you're bound and cuts loose your right hand and puts the communicator in your hand and says, this, this is, this is your, your people on the bridge. You will tell them that we will have medical supplies and they will feed us or you will die. Can you guarantee their safety? Yes. 
I will not tell them this unless you swear to me on your people's lives that you will not harm them. Uh, you can hear through the tinny little speaker of the communicator, hey, who, who's this? Can I tell who it is? It's Jeffrey. <laughs> Strident extraordinaire. Strigan. Strigan. Uh, Jeffrey, this is Catherine. Please find my people and get them on the phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were just uh, on. Hold on a second. I'll patch you in. <laughs> you try to do like the three-way phone call. <laughs> Hold on. No, I don't. Which one? No, that. And he hangs up. What did they agree to? Uh, you did not have my people on the line. Those were the Strigans. For the next minute, please answer 25 cents. <laughs> There's a call coming through the communicator. I click the button. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, I've got your uh, friend uh, Kolsch and August and uh, Devlin and uh, the uh, the other one. <laughs> Can- can you put Devlin on, please? Okay, this is just Devlin, and he presses a button, and all five of you are talking to each other. Catherine, are you okay? So what's going on? This is the Pomeni Vathis of the Prophets. <laughs> I am okay. No, Coach, you're holding it upside down. <laughs> Here it is. Wyatt. I'm okay at the moment. It seems I am being held. The Gris are unwell. They are starving and they are hurt. They say there was an agreement that if they provided power, the Strigans would provide them food and it has not been met. We cannot feed them all or heal them all, and I will not put you in harm's way. What is it that they seek? They seek seek food and medical supplies. I can't say that the leader here is trustworthy and won't harm you, but I think... If yes, show- tell them I am trustworthy and I will not harm them. Tell them. <laughs> uh, he says he is trustworthy and will not harm you. What do you think we could provide? I believe we could potentially create a peace among these people. But it will take a lot of work. Let us uh, create a gesture of good faith. Uh, we will bring medical supplies and food. Um, in the meantime. How long do you think that will take? Uh, I... A minimum amount of time. We will do it as rapidly as possible. Cat, where are you? Call me back in an hour. It will be so. Can August, uh, quote-unquote trace this call? Uh, you can give it a shot. Make a computer's roll with disadvantage. <laughs> they encrypted the line. It is not designed for this. <clears throat> well, hey, uh, it's nine. Nine. It's looking really good. You have it fine. And then Jeffrey terminates the call right as you're about to get the connection. <laughs> what did they say? They said they want to help your people. They're going to look for food and medical supplies, and they'll call me back in an hour. Very well. And he takes the communicator away from you, but does not rebind your right arm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Half a face. 
Uh, what would you guys like to do? You've got an hour. Where are we right now? You are in the back third of this ship, which is still massive, massive, massive amount of space. You are around the carnage of the dark industrial factory type setting where you installed that power converter okay, thing. So we're still in that area. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, Devin would like to call up Jeffrey on the communicator. All right. Yeah, this is Jeffrey right here. Uh, Jeffrey, we must speak with, uh, Master Chenier about some matters. Okay. Want me to, uh, uh, patch him, patch him in? Or do you want to want to meet him face to face? We do not have time to meet him face to face. We must speak to him on the communicator, uh, and that needs to happen directly. Okay, I'll put you right through. Boo! And he hangs up accidentally again. <sighs> the ship's too big. If we have to I walk, the movie will be over. The were supposed to be good at their jobs. <laughs> I don't think Jeffrey wow. is good at anything. Yes, Devin speaking here. Yeah, uh, hold on. You must have hit something. I'll, I'll put you right mm-hmm. through. One second. <laughs> and after some ringing, you <laughs> hear. Uh, yes, this is Chenier. Master Chenier, um, we need a uh, medical supplies and food brought to this area. Um, they have taken capture our, one of our companions, and that is part of the deal to help get her released. Um, and we must have those directly. You need supplies and food for the Gris? That is correct. To retrieve one of your members who are kidnapped? That is also correct, yes. Well, I am not a vengeful person, but I hope we are on the same wavelength that this has gone on too far. We uh, first must reacquire our companion, and then we can discuss other matters. But the priority now is to reacquire Catherine. I will certainly uh, be happy to provide resources to help retrieve one of your members, but with the understanding that these creatures must now be removed. The time for diplomacy has come to an end. Uh, Again, the first thing first is we must have these supplies so that we can retrieve our profit. And that is of utmost importance at this time. Everything else is secondary. He's not too keen. Make up persuasion with advantage, though. He kind of respects the concept of... No, he does respect the profits, but he's not keen on helping the Gris. Uh, dun, 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 dun. 14. Very well. <clears throat> I'll bring the materials out uh, shortly, the supplies. With as much haste as possible, please. So be it. An hour goes by, and about minute 55, there is a electric car that shows up trailing another electric car in like a little tram type effect. And it's being driven by Jeffrey, and he's got all sorts of, of boxes and stuff <laughs> loaded on the back. And he comes over with this little electric car, and he you know, pulls up next to you guys, stops his car. It goes sliding a bit in some of the gore of the gris that you've killed earlier in this location. And he says, "Hey, I've got I've got the, the supplies you guys were looking for." Thank what, you, Jeffrey. What's our next move? I will take it from here. Thank you, Jeffrey. And he dives into the pit. <laughs> He uh, scoots over to the passenger seat. All right, that's fine. 
It is hit points. <laughs> is there an inventory of what you brought? I grabbed just a whole, I didn't, I didn't take close inventory. I grabbed a whole bunch of food and some, uh, band-aids, some med spray that we had. Yeah, Devin's gonna take a look through the items, make sure it's, like, legit what they're saying it is. All right. Um, you know, kind of making sure there's not, like, you know, a thermonuclear device, <laughs> like, snuck in behind the, uh, cabbage or make something. Make an investigation roll. <clears throat> Uh, 12. Well, everything seems on the up and up. Okay. <laughs> Beeping, but everything <laughs> appears on the up and up. A counter is timing down. But... So what's our next move? Uh, we must contact the Gris leader and... Uh... Got it. Gets out his communicator. Dials it in. Catherine, you hear from a distant hallway. What? Is this Vinig? Uh, you take the communicator from, from <laughs> <Yes>. Jeffrey. <laughs> this is Vinig. Vinig, this is Devin Page of the Prophets. We have the supplies you have requested um, for exchange of your hostage, Catherine. He thinks long and hard and says nothing, but doesn't close the communication. Vinig comes walking into your interrogation room, Catherine. You get ready for the next beating that's about to be delivered. Instead, he walks up to you and says, How trustworthy is this Devon prophet? Devon is a holy man. He has much faith and is extremely trustworthy. Then you will come with me. And he cuts you fully loose. Glad it ended that way. (laughs) (laughs) And has your supplies in his, in some sort of bundle, like your weapon satchel or whatever, in a bundle in his arm and uh, pushes you roughly in front of him and marches you out of this area. He takes you up some stairs into this giant power generator section where there is lots of uh, activity, a hive of activity, one might say. Uh, There's these big generators with power and things fluctuating and all sorts of stuff. And you can see these gris are very industrial. They are, know what they're doing almost at an instinctual level, moving between and crawling into panels and pulling out some wires and re, rerouting stuff. And Vinig walks over to a master computer intercom type thing and pushes you roughly over there and presses a button and says into this monitor, this is Vinig. I agree to your deal. But understand that is we, the Gris, who have the power of this ship. And he makes a motion with his hand, the communication cuts off, and the power to the generators is cut off by his people. And everything starts to power down, and these big swirling things come to a halt, and the room starts to go dark. And all across the entire ship, all the major power sections that were at the forward sections, the aft, all of those go black. All the emergency stuff goes completely black and off. And then after maybe a full minute, the emergency lights throughout power back on, but everything is now at a much darker 
unpowered level. This is less than ideal. At at all the all the uh, sections. All the sections. So even one and two. Yep. Forty. He has darkened it all. Wow. And uh, pushes you through the darkness, Catherine, uh, to your rendezvous. As he does so, some decks beneath you that you can't even see or perceive, Catherine. There is a metal container whose door is violently wrenched open and a strange, muscular, chitinous figure steps out of the container and moves about a small, secret, hidden room. The rest of you Hmm. wait at a rendezvous point not far from where you're at, and what kind of stance are you taking? What what, what are you doing? Uh, Devin is, I guess, kind of right by the door, just hands in his sleeves, just uh, uh, waiting. This is a vehicle depot without a lot of vehicles. There are some electric cars here. There are some train uh, uh, sections here, uh, track pieces, everything relating to vehicles throughout this whole ship are maintained and created here. But it's dark. No one ever works here. And you don't think anyone's ever worked here. Kolsch is going to find some cover and have his rifle out ready. All right. You want to be up high? You want to be low and hidden? Oh, low and hidden. Okay. Yeah. Epo uh, is going to what, describe the vehicle. This uh, are the supplies and everything, just like in an open open bed, like a flatbed, or yeah. It's I'm literally envisioning a Universal Tours tram car attached to the back of this electric car. So Epo um, once the lights go out and everything, he just he hops out of the vehicle and he stands like guard uh, in front of the supplies. Okay. Jeffrey will then get into the driver's seat in case things get hot. <laughs> All right. Uh, Devin has something to say. August, where are you? Hmm? What? Where are you? Uh, I'm on the tram itself. Okay. I'm waiting for a company to arrive. All right, Devin. When the uh, Greece arrive, they will, I'm sure, be very blustery and gruff. We must keep faith in the deal and be conciliatory until we have Catherine return to us. And then we can deal with things as necessary. Uh, everybody just be calm. I'm not going to fire unless they hurt her. It is dark. And he looks at Epo. Epo <laughs> <laughs> says nothing. <laughs> It is dark. There are corners of the room that are illuminated in bright blue emergency light strips. So uh, all the walls at the bottom and the ceiling tops, all the corners are lit up. So you can just see lots of silhouettes and outlines of things. You can make out where Kolsch is only because you know where he's at, but you're pretty confident the Gris won't be able to uh, unless they get within vision and they can see in the dark, which you believe they can. Like within reason, like Devin wants to be sort of in like the brightest possible, like very obviously not hiding. All right. You know, kind of be illuminated. You have a flashlight, don't you? Yeah, I'm going to uh, turn it on like a scary ghost campfire <laughs> style. <laughs> Through your cheek. <laughs> no. See through I'm, my fingers. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but, you know, just kind of just out and about. Okay. <clears throat> Time slips by. 10, 15, 20 minutes slip by, and then you hear strange clicking noise off in the distance. It grows louder and louder. And 
coming from a head in the left, a head in the right, straight ahead, coming from a little bit above, and it's getting louder. Now you know they are within this room. Jeffrey is getting nervous, you can tell, Ippo. He's tapping his hand on the dashboard of the car. Stay calm, Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. And the loud noise gets closer and closer, the clicking, and then it all stops. All is silent, except for two pairs of footsteps you can hear. One hardened, chitinous, claw-like things of one of these grists coming, and the other, the boots of Catherine. You can see her. She is being led, or sorry, leading the way in the darkness. You can make her her outline out. And Catherine, you can see some of your friends around this electric car attached to the supplies. Right behind you is Vinig. There are no other Gris in sight, but you know there are a bunch in the vicinity. And how, how far away are they from Ipo? Catherine and Vinig are uh, 60 feet, 50 feet, 40 feet, and they're walking right up. Okay. And Ipo, does does Catherine look like she's okay? And How does Catherine like, look? Pretty good. All right. Does she look like she's under duress? It's. I say I would walk out with my head high, looking... Uh, Pretty good with a few, uh, you know, bruises to the face, a couple, a couple black eyes. All right, Ipo, uh says, Catherine, are you okay? I am fine. They've kept their end of the deal. Very good. We are here. Thank you for coming. And I will say, Vinig. As you can see, we have brought what you require. Once you have gone through what we brought, please let us know how we can help create a better alliance between the two groups here. We want to continue to help to make both you survive and be well-fed. You will show me these supplies. And before you do, he grabs you and turns you to face him brusquely and forces your satchel and your sidearm into your hand. Thank you. Now we'll turn around. He reluctantly lets go. (laughs) (laughs) I turn around to show my fellow prophets that everything is fine, and I walk looking confident, (laughs) if not feeling confident, forward. All right. He follows you towards the uh, vehicles that have the supplies, and he's very apprehensive. He's got his hands ready to start blasting some darts around if needed. Uh, Devin's Vanig and like gives him a little bow, and then your supplies as requested. Makes a clicking noise at you. You're not sure what to make of it. And I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> walks around to the back, watching everyone closely and lifts up one of the containers, watching everyone closely, looks down, watching everyone closely, looks down and verifies that there are some good stuff in there, some food and some medicine. There are a pair of rat eyes that peer through the dark spaces as he moves down there, and (laughs) shuffling on to the next one. He says, this is, this is, this is good as promised. 
Mr. Weinig. He looks to you. He makes some more clicking noises, and you can hear multiple clawed feet approaching from the darkness. Our driver, Jeffrey, will bring these supplies to you. What? (laughs) (laughs) Make a persuasion roll (laughs) for Jeffrey. This is like a leadership type thing. Oh, two two total. Yeah. Screw that, man. I'm not doing that. No, he doesn't say man. No, I'm not going to do that. Right here. He can can take it. It's all yours. Jeffrey, I think you can see there's been a large miscommunication between you and the Gris. They were very concerned about me doing something bad to them. I think it's going both ways. They might look different, but they're good people in the end. He did not harm me more than he needed to to get what he needed from me. You can also make a persuasion roll. He takes the keys. 19? 19 and reluctantly grasps them in his hand and says, all right. All right. Bye, Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you guys what I can do. We believe in you. The prophets have your back. Do not do anything foolish. He gets in the driver's seat, and as soon as he does, there's seven more of these gris are right there. And several grab some containers, and Vinig says, uh, that way, and points. And Jeffrey starts to reluctantly tootle off in his electric tram thing. Thank God we're rid of It seems like there is more to this situation than we were led to believe. Indeed. Feinig, you said you have a contract. Can we see it? Yes. And, uh, he... No, actually, no, he doesn't. He says, uh, no. The Strigan have the contract. Interesting. We're going to go talk to them and learn more about what happened. We'll be back within the next day or two, and we will come find you. We want to make sure there is cooperation between you both. I will wait. And we hope to see our striking compatriot come back quickly. Devin shrugs. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, I'm flexible. (laughs) And Vinig walks for a while. <laughs> Vinig walks off uh, unsure of what will unfold. You guys head back towards the more civilized part of the world ship. Uh, Kosh comes out of hiding and nuzzles Catherine. Uh. Oh. Very appreciative to see her. Like, super happy to see her back. I give you a big hug and I do a little scritch behind oh, your ears. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for making sure I was okay. Mm. Has power been restored to the other decks? By the time you guys get back to the uh, forward decks, the power is put back online. Power is sent to decks one and two only, though, not the other decks. Hmm. How were you treated by these Gris, Catherine? There was some initial problems, but it seems there's just been a lot of miscommunication. I don't know if the Strigans are withholding, or if there was just a lack of understanding between both groups, or if 
the Griffs were led to believe something that was not true from their previous leader, but once he understood that we wanted to help, he did stop beating me, which I appreciated. That is good, yes. (laughs) Really best possible option. Uh, Master Shanir seemed very adamant about us eliminating the Griss. I do not feel like he is going to be uh, cooperative of these efforts. He may take some convincing, Mm. if you will. If I may make an observation, the Griss control the engineering deck 50. They are obviously in control of the other decks as far as power goes, yet they still supply power to decks 1 and 2 for the Stragon. Why don't they, if they are such a mean and and barbaric race, why don't they just cut off power and starve and kill their enemies out? They do seem like they're interested in in peace and negotiation, perhaps more so than the Stragon. I agree. I'd be very curious to hear a bit more about how they actually came about. Were they invited, perhaps? Is there something that uh, the Strigan felt they could get from these people and then eliminate them? I have some concerns. That would be very disappointing Absolutely. to learn that of, of the Strigan. We would have some disappointing news to bring back to the Ministry of Education, for sure. Potentially. All right, so you guys are back <clears throat> in the decks one and two. What do you want to do? Uh, we must. We have to speak to Master Shanir, I believe. All right. Mm-hmm. You head right there. You are back in his chambers at his long table. There is not a, uh, a large amount of wonderful smelling food or anything. This is much more... Um, Business meeting. Business-like. He's still there. He's got his uh, beige shirt on, his beige cotton pants, his slightly more beige robe on, mm-hmm. and he strides across the room. It is good to see you have recovered all of your associates. Yes, thank you. As you can imagine now, you do not need to imagine. These grists are uh, incredibly dangerous if they can kidnap prophets. Well, they returned Catherine to us in uh, relative peace with her relatively unharmed. Well, thanks to your work and Jeffrey's plan with the power converter, we have access to their doors in the engineering section. They can no longer lock those off from us. So we have several means of getting you in there. And what I can arrange is to have a transport vessel here to return their families to some other location after you wipe out the Grissin instigators themselves. We are not barbaric, but we certainly cannot have these monsters continue to live aboard the ship. We do require some more information from you first. Tell us about this contract. What contract? He says with no insight. <laughs> uh, the contract that you had stricken with the Gris that they, uh, what is it, Catherine? Uh, they said that you signed a contract where they would provide power, which they clearly have amply done. And in return, you would give them food. It seems that you have not held your up your end of this bargain. There's more to this. You are hearing but one side of the story. Absolutely. That's why we're here to hear the rest. 
We acquired this ship three years ago, and not long after we acquired it, our engineer passed away through natural causes. And once she had left and was, as you would imagine, a master of engineering, able to keep the essential functions of this massive ship working with a very small team, once she was gone, things went downhill quickly. We even had someone change their entire path and way of life, which is no small request to make of this dragon. But Jeffrey is not able to keep up with the required maintenance and skills and knowledge. He does his best. That, however, uh, has put us in quite a bit of a situation. We were able to make contact with some outside groups, some repair teams, some technicians. We don't have much money left after this enormous purchase, and we struck a deal with these Gris. They could live aboard in certain sections, if they could maintain and keep the ship functional in the uh, power-related and um, water, those basic functions. They would stay in their section, and we would stay in ours. And, uh, but unfortunately, they broke that deal, and now they attack my people. And they attacked you and captured you, and have put us all in this position. What were they receiving in return for their help to you? They were receiving food, of which we have to make ourselves. The robotic assistants don't necessarily always work in our favor, and we have to do a, mo- a lot of manual work for our food as well, and our food is in scarce supply. But the Gris, constantly needing more and more, those things breed like you would not believe, and now there are more and more mouths to feed, and we cannot continue to feed them. So we have to ration out the food. It's their choice. They are given a certain amount. How they choose to do it is up to them. Master Shanir. When we first arrived out of drift space, we encountered some some shipping containers from the ship. They happened to be full of rotten, decaying food. Can you explain this? I believe it's just garbage. N- no, it was food that had been discarded. That was not my experience. I opened up one of these and it was rotted food, not garbage. I do not know this. If it was food of use to us, then I would say we should reclaim it. Bad food is of no use, and I don't know anything about it. We have not had any shipments. No one is allowed here. You are one of the very few people who have ever set foot aside from ourselves. And Master Shainir, um, you did not tell us of this bargain to begin with, and that endangered all of us and caused our companion to be captured because we did not have the information we needed. Do not lie to us again. I apologize if it put your team in any danger. That was not my intent. I did not feel it was necessary for you to know the ins and outs of the deal when someone has already broken that particular deal and had gone beyond and were attacking my people. In that case, it's even more important that we understand what the terms were to begin with. 
I find it hard to believe that you know nothing of shipping containers going missing with only 48 people uh, in your crew. I don't know about these shipping containers. There's dozens of them. How do you not know of them? I live in a world of the ship. I know what functions within this ship, and specifically within decks one and two is where most of my expertise is. This is a massive endeavor designed for tens of thousands of people. I do not know what goes on outside this ship. It's disappointing that you broke trust with us. We came here of our own volition to help you, and the first thing you did was to lie. We can't trust you at this point. Thank you for giving us some of the details. Well, hold, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was perhaps not the best choice to omit certain information that was not critical, but there was no lie given to you. I respect you prophets and what you do for the Alliance and what you have done for us. But keep in mind, it was not us who attacked first, it was the Gris. And keep in mind, it was not us attacking you, as uh, Jeffrey said, from the dark at the power converter, it was a band of Gris. I am disappointed that you are taking their side in this affair when they have attacked Alliance people. We have taken no side as such. We are seeking the truth uh, at this point and uh Unfortunately, you have lied to us previously, so we are having difficulty believing everything you now tell us. There is no fake news! Fake news! <laughs> there is no lie. Um, do, do we know, like, are the Gris a race that is commonly known? They know the common language, obviously. Make a lore roll. I'm sorry, Xenobiology yeah. <laughs> roll. Okay. May I as well? Uh, nope, Epo can. That's seven. Seven. Never heard of him before. Um. If this plan goes your way and the Gris leave this ship, what's your plan then? You have a half-ass engineer that doesn't know how to work a communication device, let alone power a whole ship. Well, as you know, I'm sure more than any other, my warrior friend, uh, we must first deal with the issue of safety. And the safety of my people is the primary, um, is of primary importance. We have to get the Gris off the ship. They, we, we cannot be on board this if they are attacking my people. Beyond that, we will have to take it one day at a time. Master Shinir, the Gris have complete control of this ship <coughs> in all reality. They control the power, they control the life support systems, and they outnumber you three to one. They can see in the dark, they can get anywhere on the ship where you are. If they wanted to exterminate you, they would have done so by now. I think it's clear that something happened to break some trust here between both of your groups. It sounds like they have, they have more needs for food than you anticipated. What if 
You worked with them to produce the food required. They have many people that could help. They could continue to provide power, and you could help each other provide the food that both of your groups needs. You could talk to them about what they could be doing with you. I've told them, I've strongly advised them to come up with their own food solutions. I've even offered up certain areable sections within the ship for them to work on their food. Uh, even some uh, food generators that are able to fabricate some basic concepts. They don't have the skills or the capabilities. They seem to be completely reliant on others. Would you be able to teach them? Did they seem uninterested in this? I don't want to sound racist, but... (laughs) (laughs) Incoming racist (laughs) comments. These people, in quotes, these people seem much more adept to... Uh, machines and energy and fixing and breaking things and not dealing with uh, the the growing and uh, the tending of the crops. And it, it is not an easy process. We had imagined it being far more automated when we took over this ship, and it has not been the case. I have an inordinate amount of my people working on farming. Well, it seems like uh, if you could have your people uh, direct as such, and the Gris could create the automation uh, under your direction. It seems like that may be a viable solution. Yes? Not according to my chief engineer. Oh. Says Evo out of character. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, perhaps we could have our engineer uh, take a look at this uh, and see if he could come up with a solution as well. Um, he may have better luck than Jeffrey. <laughs> I'm more than willing to be open. I'm certainly open to that. Let us see what many options we can come up with. We have a couple of days until we go back and speak with them, but I think that creating a powerful alliance between the two of you will benefit both groups rather than cutting you off from a power source and cutting them off from a home. And uh, who is your um, person most directly responsible for uh, the food fabrication at this time? Don't say Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) Besides Jeffrey. (laughs) Uh, that is Guide Lewis. Perhaps, Augie, could you have a conversation with Mr. Guide Lewis uh, and see what their operation is and if you could have perhaps some engineering uh, conversations with him and see if the Gris might be able to assist based off what you know? So it's me, the Gris, and, and Guide Lewis? Uh, for now, just Lewis and you, um, but s- perhaps based off what you've witnessed from the Gris, perhaps uh, Guide Lewis can direct them, or maybe you may, and help create an automated system uh, for the growth of the food. Where is this guide? I will find him. <laughs> Draws a pistol, All runs right. off into the dark. <laughs> August is gone. Okay. Shanir says, then let us talk again tomorrow. I will have extra guards posted in case the Gris attack, and we will keep everyone safe. In the meantime, do not utilize the 
uh, controls that you have achieved over the, uh, through our efforts. The doors. To the doors. You have my word. Oh, and where is Jeffrey? He's running an errand. Uh, okay. I'm sure he will be right back. Excellent. All right, you guys. He has joined the Gris Army. <laughs> you guys head out. He was invited to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you are able to rest in the house that was provided for you. And Augie, you can rest as well, or you can focus on this task. No, it's <clears throat> finding uh, some long hallway of tram that has been vacant and kind of gets about halfway and then just drops for a snooze. Okay. <laughs> you guys all rest. You get back half your hit point maximum. If you need to, you can spend some hit dice. There's a long rest or short rest? There's a long rest, right. and then you get back all of your uh, abilities and such, as for powers, techniques, talents, all that good stuff. You wake up in the morning, and uh, Augie, you are in this corridor. You wake up all by yourself, <laughs> head on the floor. Uh, I begin scrambling in the direction of, uh, I, I guess, the hydroponics. You find such a place, and there is a gentleman by the name of Lewis. He's there. He is wearing a somewhat beige robe with slightly between beige and white pants that are cotton and a little bit of beige shirt. And he uh, sees you. Says, uh, Mr. Stilton. Yes, you, you are the guide, yeah. I was told to expect you this morning. You were going to help me uh, grow? We have food concerns. I will make sure you have extra food brought to your home. No, 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 no. This is, we need more food. More food for the Gris. All the Gris. (laughs) (laughs) For the Gris. Maybe we should have sent somebody with him. (laughs) I had some instructions. Hold on, they're here somewhere. We are looking, I want to see how you grow your food. Of course. And he starts showing you some of the uh, machinery and the vats. There's some big fields that are, some are dying off with some plants growing in there. Others are not. There's some strange uh, giant fat bean related things that grow that help them out a lot. And now that you notice it, a lot of bean related foods were served. (laughs) All beige. Yeah. Beige related. Beige means. And you spend uh, the greater part of the morning and afternoon going through his whole process. What are you looking for? Is it fundamentally hand done, you know, manual labor and yeah. all that kind of He's stuff? He's the leader of it, and there are about five or six other people that are out there tending to these uh, fields and vats, cutting and spraying and checking. My concept is to uh, utilize some degree of uh, automation. And some of the uh, robots designed more for the maintenance of the ship. Okay. And uh, appropriating them to this task. I I imagine it would take a long period of time. But, it would. But uh, reprogramming and bringing these machines and having them tend to these fields on a 24-hour basis. All right. You can at least make a roll after this morning and afternoon to see the feasibility. And okay. it's very... 
unfeasibly hard. Feas feasibility study? Yes. Feasibility study. Or you can give it a shot, make an engineering roll, and you need to roll just a 22 or higher. Just a 22 or higher. Inspiration die? Yeah, really. It's Catherine. <laughs> Sorry. Inspire me. Uh, that would be a 12. Okay. You don't see any re any way they can automate this stuff. You're able to give them a few tips, particularly with the simulated sunlight they have for some of the growing to help them out, but it's not a massive improvement. Okay. Uh, and there was, there were fields in decay. Uh-huh. Uh, checking those out, seeing why, or is this a natural event? Or It's beyond your farming expertise. Beyond my farming. Damn me for not being a farmer. <laughs> Do what? it. Go ahead. Are any of us farmers? No? Okay. Just checking. Uh, no. All right, you gather with your friends. It's uh, just the start of afternoon. Augie comes back a little dirty and greasy. How did your, how did your uh, adventure in the fields go? Doing like farming. You did not need to clean up for us. <laughs> no. And he just <laughs> rattles himself and shakes <laughs> off all kinds of dirt. There's, there's no way to automate all of that. It would take decades. Or what if they had more hands? It's just too much. There's no way to actually do it from what I've seen. But I'm not a farmer. But not automation, but like physical labor. The Gris are... Um, they have a lot of them, if nothing else. There's... They, they could help, couldn't they? There's a lot of hands already going on up there. I was thinking robot hands. Robot hands all day, all night. <laughs> That is, uh, probably takes up a lot of your thoughts. It, it does. <laughs> Outside your uh, your house, you hear the sound of... Oh, hopefully a Gris is driving it. <laughs> and then you hear a door close, and then your door gets opened, and then you hear, Wow, what a night! <laughs> wow! That was crazy! Was there a big party? There wasn't a party. Jeffrey strides in and collapses on the couch that's still wrapped in plastic. That was just, uh, those are some strange creatures. We've kind of kept our distance. Uh, I, I even nodded off for a little bit after helping move around a whole bunch of stuff and just the clicking. You just, you, the click, I'll never forget the, the clicking. <laughs> Excellent. Well, go ahead and take a nap. We were just heading out. And we leave. <laughs> he gets up. Well, where are we going? Well, Jeffrey, um, you need to recover nice hit to points. You should rest. <laughs> we we need you for those. Were they were they good to you? Were they were there any problems? Yeah, uh, that uh, leader of theirs. He just wants to know what uh, what's going to happen with uh, with this meeting. He wants to meet uh, with uh, Master Shanir. Absolutely. And you've been here since the beginning, or did you come later? Oh no, I've been here since the beginning. Were you here when they came? Yes. And were you here when an agreement was struck? Yes. And it sounds like you can no longer provide food for them? What what happened? Did you tell them? What was the conversation that happened at that point? Well, you have to be talking to the right guy. Oh, tell see, more, Jeffrey. Not only am <laughs> I the chief engineer. Oh yes. But before I left, uh, came off planet, back planet side, I did uh, nothing but farming. Well, farming and music. I did a lot of farming, so I know the insides and outs of this problem. So what do you want to ask old Jeffrey here? Yeah. Why is there a problem then? 
well, we've only got, uh, we've got a, a lot of room to grow, but the automation process just doesn't seem to be working with what we had in mind. So it has to be very uh, labor intensive. And I don't think the Gris uh, have the capabilities of doing it. I've talked with them before and got uh, 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 implanted in my brain again last night. These guys don't have a lot of self-control. So the supplies that we food that should have lasted three or four days, they already went through last night. They just tore right into it as though it was a party type thing. They were probably starving. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they, they ate the medical supplies too. <laughs> uh... Jeffrey, you have seen them, the Gris, uh, be able to engineer many things, yes? They they are good engineers or creators? No, they are, they're, they're decent at keeping our ship running, but I've never seen them make anything of their own. The only thing they've ever made it are crude barricades to keep us from accessing engineering. Um... But if uh, if you were able to direct them to help automate or you know maintain automation bots, I, what are they called? Robots? What? Yes. Automatons. Automatons, droids, whatever. Uh, in the fields, would they be able to do so based off your experiences? We've had a lot of trouble with the bots. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. Will you send a bot down to um, to the back decks where we uh, drop these supplies off? Sure. Thank you. Let's have them maybe take a look, see what they can do. Absolutely. And in the end, we might have to negotiate with them about population size if there's no other options, but we need to keep anything in mind. So sterilization? <laughs> Let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> you guys doing what now? Uh, um, shall we go negotiate, go speak with the Grease? Yeah, Ipo has some questions for the Gris. Absolutely. Are you bringing Shanir? No. You? Oh. Okay. I do not think Shanir should be part of this. To, Let's to find out with. what they're capable of before we involve Shanir. That way we can have a hopefully productive conversation yes. between the two of them. I think um, we should function as mediators for now between the two parties mm-hmm. and get closer to an arrangement before we have them meet directly. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey's going to arrange that robot and you guys are heading in towards the Gris, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. You take a train over there, you stop, you drive across some electric cars across Sector 16, board another train, head over and have to walk the last few sectors to get to where you need to go. And uh, you guys have arrived. Uh, there is a, there are a couple bugs that kind of block your way. Bugs, that's kind of racist. Uh, gris that block yeah. the way. She's tall. Uh, Doesn't but, matter if it's rats, but bugs are okay. <laughs> fine. But Vinega finally meets up with you. Do we see a bot? Yes, a bot has been brought. A brought <laughs> bot. <laughs> Um, Vinig. Uh, yes, when do we meet with Shanir? I want to learn a little bit more about what your people are capable of so we can see how you can work together best. And I want to learn more about the lies <laughs> of the Strigan and the deals they break. 
at the cost of my people. I don't believe they meant it to go that direction. They're having a hard time creating enough food for themselves as well as your growing population. I know they've spoken with you a little bit about how that could work. Well, you've certainly helped with the population issue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This finding has a hard time keeping a straight face in that one. <laughs> Catherine looks confused. <laughs> and, um, right. Well, we brought one of their bots they're having a hard time with to create more of their crops that can help your people. Uh, we don't know much about what you can do other than create power. What are you and your people good at? Making babies. (laughs) 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 He scored 15 tadpoles and... (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I get nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Must have been someone I ate. (laughs) (laughs) Half of them look like Catherine, though. The chin touching is the most intimate. <laughs> Catherine vomits a little in her mouth. <laughs> what were we gonna say? I've lost total track. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we have this machine for the farming, but it won't work. There's too much to do. Can't be programmed efficiently. What can your people do? We can work on it, and we can make it functional but we do not make it do its flying and its its knowing. So mechanically you can work on it, but when it comes to engineering and programming, you have no skills there. No. (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? I also need a medical lozenge if I continue to talk like this. Mr. Vining, um, I trust the supplies arrived safe and sound. Jeffrey was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Sent you back a clone. Um, (laughs) Yes, you should be you should be well fed for the next three or four days. Then the supplies have been consumed. Chief Engineer Jeffrey brought just one day's worth of supplies. But the, those supplies were meant to last three or four days. That was not my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> no one told me. <laughs> He's flossing gauze out of his teeth. Finding you sound like my nine-year-old right now. <laughs> These were celebrity emergency rations. We had to consume. Um, you consume too fast. You eat too much like a horde. You sound like them. I'm just being reasonable. I know my kind, the old kind, used to feed just like this. You eat too fast, you eat yourself to extinction. This is no solution. Uh, uh, Vinig, uh, there are limited capacities upon this vessel, which I believe is where we are running into a uh, loggerhead, if you will, with the Stregin. Um, the amount of resources that you require are exceeding the Stregin's ability to produce them. Um, 
So that is a, a situation which is untenable for both sides. And we must come to some resolution as such um, to create a scenario where the Stragon are able to produce more resources, perhaps with your aid through um, maybe what you can do with these. Yes, have them make more. Uh, I'm sorry, were you not listening? No. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Struggan, with their numbers, are incapable of making enough resources to accommodate your growing population. Then they need more people. It does not work that way. Um, this ship can hold thousands and thousands. That is true. Uh, but uh, that is not necessarily uh, possible. Um, we must work with the number of people we have. Uh, and Why? The dragons don't breed as quickly as you. It takes them decades to create a hu- functional human yeah. to help them with these plants and this food. Do you think your people could be taught to help growing this food? These dragons are very few. My people will consume and will struggle. While he's talking, yes. I have a little scanner device and I am scanning him. I'm trying to check out if I if uh, the Gruss are known to have a hibernation period. Okay. Make a xenobiology disadvantaged. As your scanner is a wet finger. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you in? No, okay. Uh, what do we got? That's a, that's a low number and that's a lower number. Um, nine. Okay. You don't have any information about that. Hibernate with a club. (laughs) (laughs) Then bring more cats. He says, pointing to Kolsch. Bring more rats. He says, pointing to August. Mr. Binding, the dragon are a, uh, shall we say, private people. Uh, they are uh, a commune, a, a sect, who have certain beliefs that bind them together, and not many share these beliefs or ways of life as the Stragon do. They aren't, mm, shall we say, uh, looking to bring on just anyone. They were hoping to make this their home because they are considered outcasts among their own kind. Strigan comfort should not come at my people's deaths. But you were willing to have their deaths for your people. You must work together, otherwise both of you will die. Without them, you will not have food regardless. There must be a compromise. We provide power, they provide food. If not enough food, they... Figure it out. <laughs> Do all of you provide power in your logic? No. <laughs> Do all of you provide power? Yes. Every last one. Yes. All of you work constantly. Except for the one missing an arm that you destroyed. Does not chuckle. <laughs> he plumps his cheeks a bit though. A ship this large can hold so many, so many farmers. Bring them 
You're sounding more and more like a slave driver, Mr. Vining. We found this place as refuge. Strigans found this place as refuge. Let others find this place as refuge and earn their keep and forget Strigan's comfort. Even if we could do that, it would not happen quickly. It would not solve the current problem at hand. We need you to come up with a way to work with the Strigans. You cannot be one person provides one thing and one person provides another thing. There has to be working together. Can some of your people learn how to be part of this process? Can they learn to help farm? Make a persuasion roll. Nineteen. Let us meet with Shanir, and we will see which group bends to make this problem go away. Mr. Vining, first of all, both groups will need to bend. Not one or the other, but both. And unless you understand that, there will be no meeting. Let us meet and see who bends first. (laughs) As long as you both bend, that is fine. I think there should be three people from both sides, no more. We want to make sure there's good faith on both sides. We'll ask one of three of their, those people and three of your people to meet here tomorrow. Yes. Can you guarantee it will be only three? Yes. Okay. And uh, can you uh, perhaps show us what you can do with this bot in the meantime? Um, get it to work appropriately for farming? I do not dance for, no, yeah, yes. <laughs> Uh, thank you. That would go a long way in showing some good faith uh, before this meeting. And he shows you, and you spend some time. First, you have to clear the cash and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> have you turned it back on and off? <laughs> Get a paper clip, put it in here, and then press on. Factory default. Uh, The warranty stickers are broken on this. (laughs) I cannot help you. (laughs) He goes behind his geek squad counter. (laughs) They spent about two hours uh, working over this uh, robot, this agricultural hovering robot, and are able to get it flyable again so it doesn't have to be transported by a little ground vehicle. And uh, you seem pleased with their efforts. But they, again, say they don't know anything about the programming, where it should go. They don't know how much liquids to put in, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But they are able to get the thrusters to go up. And they seem pretty pleased by that. So let's send that back to guide Lewis to see what he thinks of it. Just couldn't scare the hell out of him just yeah. flying around. <laughs> um, so we send that back to guide Lewis. All right. Um... And I guess, I mean, let's all go back there and meet Guy Lewis. Sure. Yeah, let's let's hop back on. We do everything as a team. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually for the best. Um, you guys are heading back. On your way back, Devin, you sense something magical in the air. Yay. Magic in the air. Is and 
Do you have a staff of detect magic? <laughs> <laughs> Bing! I <laughs> uh, detect something Go magical through. about in the air, and there is a uh, female voice echoing through your head, Devin. And the voice is struggling to communicate. And the voice is saying, uh, Prophet, call. Prophet, call. I'm Devin, not Cole. <laughs> no, um, okay, is it Amber? You met Amber? Yep. It is Amber. It is the voice of Amber, the esper who works on this ship, keeping it hidden from outside people. Got it. Um, can I call Amber? You can call Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> you got Jeff's number. Esper, caller ID. Uh, do I know, do I know where Amber generally is? Uh, yeah, you do. You're an hour away or so, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to call Jeffrey. Okay. Hey, this is Jeffrey. Hey, Jeffrey. It's Devin Page, Mr. Page. Yes. Um, uh, there is a question that I have for a uh, guide Amber. Can I, can you tell, give me her extension, please? <laughs> yeah, sure. No, no. I'll put you right through. Hold on. I have learned patience through he, my meditations. He calls back and it is Amber. He says, uh, Devin Page, is this you? This is Devin Pages. Devin Page, I've sensed something. You can call me just Devin. You need to listen, please. <laughs> There's something urgently happening. I've detected something unusual, and I've uh, had some someone check these sensors. We've brought up a map of the ship, and we see a location on the map we've never seen before, and it says containment breach. That does not sound good. It does not at all, and... I've seen a, a, a hull breach next to that and another hull breach away from that. Also bad. And it seems to be heading towards uh, some of the, uh, uh, the the factory area where you did the power converter or the uh, vehicle uh, uh, depot area. Uh, what the deck? Uh, 43, 42. Okay, um, very good. We will investigate it immediately. All right, and reach out to me as soon as you find out. Keeping me posted if anything else is to occur. Uh, I enlighten our group. <clears throat> this is, uh, I believe, takes priority over what we are doing. Uh, it seems like there is something perhaps moving through the ship in a unconventional fashion. Is it similar to the Gris? Are we, should we be concerned? Uh, we should be very concerned, I believe, uh, based off the tone of Guide Ember and the whole breaches. All breaches are not good. She seems to my understanding. to me, I don't know. Okay, is that correct? Hull breach bad? Oh, the, the hull breaches are not bad. It, it's the lack of air that follows. Yes. <laughs> Let's go check it out. Okay. Yeah. You guys head off towards the uh, area where she pointed you to. Yep. Uh, you head there, and you can you get to deck 42-ish. This is the 
the industrial power converter area where you guys were at, not too far away from that that section, and you can hear some terrible metal wrenching sound. It's going to take a few minutes for us to get there, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I will cast, in the meantime, psionic shield, and then take a short rest, which will allow me to recover the two um, talent points that it took for me to cast that. Okay. Because I have um, Esper Recovery. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cast Psionic Shield, use my two points, and then use Esper Recovery, which is a short rest. Sure. Does everyone want to wait 10 minutes for him to do this? Is the well, question. we were on the way, right? I thought it was going to take 10 minutes on for us train. to get there on the tram. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you can't do it by tram. Yeah, it'll work yeah. out. Yeah, you're totally right. Great. Thank you. What's Psionic Shield? I'm assuming the tram works. <laughs> Plus three to my AC. Oh, it's just for you? What have you You're selfish. Augie <laughs> uh, is making the... Augie uh, <laughs> is making the assumption that the tram is kind of like a, a, a lifeboat for the size of this ship and uh, is looking under the seats and compartments for uh, uh, respirators or, or uh, breathing devices that we can use before we get to that deck and okay. expose ourselves to potentially dangerous atmosphere. Make an investigation roll, Augie. Good luck. <laughs> Uh, natural yeah. 20. I find all the respirators. Uh, you find l- tons of respirators on here, including backpack-mounted ones that can last a long time and small little James Bond in the pool mouth ones that can last for a few minutes. James Bond one, please. I ha- I hand out thus. You <laughs> can all take your pick of what you would like. Ebo takes a backpack, I guess. All right. <laughs> and uh, you guys uh, head over there. As you are arrive at this section, you come out of the tram, you start checking around, you can hear a wrenching sound, big metal wrenching sound, and then a huge metal plate hitting the ground and boom, and rattle, 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 and stop moving. Kolsch eyes everyone and starts moving that direction, rifle out. Okay. Uh, Augie cuts the lights in the tram. Tram lights are, tram are lights out. out. We, everything, if there's any lights outside, but that's fine. But Well, with that investigation roll, you actually make an engineering roll. It gives you an engineering roll for some additional control. Um, tw- uh, I can't do my math. 11. 11. Never mind. Totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. Ipo, Ipo follows Kolsch with his light pistol out. I'm going to, as we walk that way, put a hand on Kolsch's shoulder and say, keep us safe, inspiration. All right, you have inspired him with an inspiration die. Uh, what, a d6? It is dark with the emergency blue lights. Well, that's a DM one, so that's different. Yeah, it's a different one. Yeah. I, I would it's have a d6, I'm throw that one. Oh, <laughs> it looks Yeah, it looks the same. <laughs> it is uh, dark, dim uh, lights are lit up. You can hear some heavy-ish walking on a catwalk above you guys, maybe 30, 40 feet above. You can hear and then you're getting closer. Kolsch, you're scanning the surroundings. You have some dark vision action, 60 feet. You're not seeing anything yet, but you are making out the terrain of the structures around you. And then you hear some, actually make a perception roll. You may not hear this. Natural one. Natural one. At least you didn't burn that die. Uh, I was temporarily deaf. 
You hear nothing of, of concern. The rest of you uh, follow Kolsch into what is definitely not a, a murder trap. Do, death. Uh, do, do we see this roll? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. People actually uh, would like to kind of move it, like be the forward. Scout ahead? Forward scout. Okay. That's all right. Uh, Kolsch gives you a weird look, but let's you do it. <laughs> all right, Epo, you take the lead. Are you gonna? But I'm go? gonna like take like a a significant lead. How far? Uh, fifty feet. Okay. And you're walking normal, looking, you're being stealthy. Okay. Stealthy. Stealthy. Make a stealth roll, and then make a perception. Okay. Stealth is twelve, and perception is nineteen. With your 12 stealth, you're creeping around in the darkness. Your friends are about 50 feet behind you, uh, going a little slower and trying to be uh, stealthy themselves. And what was your perception? 19. As you get within this industrial factory power thing with piping everywhere and uh, stairs and all sorts of stuff and catwalks up above you, you can see, because you have dark vision. I do. At 60 feet. Mm-hmm. You can see above you and slightly ahead a strange alien form. It is a grayish shape that has uh, uh, a bulbous body with a um, mouth that uh, comes out that has this weird flange sharp head that has weird hooked appendages on four of them. So some two leg type concept and two forward sections and it's moving and making these big loud noises. And when you spot it, it is leaping through the air from one catwalk to another. And all of you can hear this big boom as it lands. And um, so yeah. space umber hawk. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. I whisper through our comms. Um, it's a it's pretty much directly above me. Is it? Uh, it's almost directly above okay. you. Yeah. I whisper through our comms. About 10 feet tall. Um, I describe the thing. Would you go ahead and describe it real quick? I say, it looks like a big queen-sized version of these of these gris, but it's hard to say for sure. It's a different color, a little bit different body type, but very large and also very agile. And it's directly above me. You guys want to hold position, join them, fall back? Kolsch will join them. All right. Yeah, I guess we'll move up as quietly as possible. The creature has noticed you, Epo, and you see it's uh, turned to f- face you, which you believe is a face. Okay. And it's climbed down 10 feet, and that drops onto some big uh, unpowered generator type thing another 10 feet. I point my pistol at it to see what it does. It stops moving and wonders if it's hidden or not, <laughs> even though it's in total view by you. It apparently doesn't know that you can see in the dark. Okay. And so it just freezes right there. And it's actually in between two uh, machines and it's got like legs on one side and other uh-huh. arms pushed against and it just stops. Almost like this very self-aware, grayish, thick, spidery type movement. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to take a shot at it. Okay. Because it's obviously wreaking havoc. I don't think it's 
Yeah. All right. It is 40, 20. It is a total of 60 feet away. Okay. That's about 40 up and 20 ahead. Okay. Whatever that math is. So that's my range. My long range is 150. 40 and kill Vining's wife. <laughs> Your long range is 150. Yeah, you're just a disadvantage. So take a shot with disadvantage. Okay. You blast away. Uh, 16. 16 with your shot. Boom. Hits the creature. For, oh gosh, for eight damage. Eight points of damage. Creature gives out a tremendous shriek as Kolsch and the rest of the group run up behind you. Some alarm that you fired, not sharing what's going on. Uh, and the creature comes dropping down and it's squealing the shrieking noise. I say, I hit it. <laughs> the creature drops down in the midst of your group and says something. <laughs> it speaks. Okay. Yeah. It right. drops down in, in the middle of your group, in front of your group a bit and says, take me to a shuttle. And everyone except Devin, who's slightly not quite seeing it. Everyone but Devin, make a wisdom saving throw, please. Oh. Uh, you cannot see in the dark, but you can hear in the dark. <laughs> Fuck me, Jeez. What'd you get? Oh. Another another dice going to dice hell. <laughs> a natural, natural one. Natural uh. one with Kolsch. All right, no one else. I don't care about your rolls. We'll just go with Kolsch. <laughs> All right. Kolsch, you feel this gripping need to help this poor creature that is lost in the darkness and all it wants to do is get off of this ship and it's clearly not a threat to you and your friends so you lower your weapon and you just need to decide you know of two vessels and you just need to decide which one is the best one suited to help your new friend get off of this ship <laughs> Take your time deciding. What did he speak like common? Uh, did yes. I hear, and I heard him. Uh huh. But you heard him not only audibly, you also heard him inside your soul. <laughs> soul. And then it lashes out at the rest of your friends. Rude. We will roll initiative. Good luck, everybody. Catherine, you're up first. Oh boy. Wow. So it, it lashes at us like it attacks? Yes. Okay. And what it's doing is you see an array of white filaments shooting out, ropey filaments shooting out from different holes in its body. Uh, one at August, one at Catherine, two at Epo, and none at its friend Kolsch. And Devin, you're just slightly behind some machine. You're completely protected. You're set for now. <clears throat> Good time to be a little slow. Cool. I am going to yell... You have no chance. Try again, bud. And use cower on him. Okay. What does that do? And um, he has to make a wisdom saving throw. Not a failed save. It takes 3d6 psychic damage. It must immediately use its reaction if available to move as far away from me as possible. Um, on a successful save, it takes half as much damage. All right. Uh, I've got a map up there for you if you can take a look at that. It rolled a four on its wisdom saving oh, throw. Oh, wow. I was not expecting that. I'm going to need all of these. I'm thinking yeah. he has a lot of wisdom. Cool. That was pretty good. Um, 14 points of damage. 14. 
Nice. And then it has to move as far away of me, from me as possible. And if it had passed, it doesn't move aft away, Correct. but it takes half damage? Correct. All right, it will use a legendary saving throw to pass. <sighs> okay, well, then he takes seven points of damage. Seven points of damage. I assume he only has so many of those. Um, that's, a, that's an Get assumption. Or we'll we'll assume. Reactions. <laughs> that's an assumption. All right. Uh, all right. So you got your map right there. The creature has just come down off of some catwalk. It's near the floor. It's maybe 15 feet up. Uh, we've got Epo just 10 feet right in front of it. Augie, maybe 20 feet to the side. Behind Epo is Kolsch, who has totally lowered his weapon and is uh, starting to maybe head away back towards uh, the dock to find a ship. Um, and Catherine, you're next to Kolsch, and then hiding not too far away in the rear behind a machine is Devin. And I'm going to um, run behind that big block of stuff and try to hide a little bit. All right, Kolsch, you're up. What do you want to do? Yeah. You said I'm moving away. Can I talk to him? Sure. Hmm. What? Uh, what's your name? How can I? How can I address you? I'm Kolsch. It continues shooting out strange filaments at your friends. You can you stop attacking my friends? You don't seem particularly concerned about that. They'll be <laughs> I don't. Okay. No. It does answer you though in the midst of combat, and it says, "I am." Chadra, and you would get me off of this vessel. Where do you want to go? <laughs> um, I know the coordinates of the jungle world. Jung jungle world? That sounds enticing. Why do you go in there? Close. Your turn is over. Epo, <laughs> you're yeah. up. Doop, 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 doop. Um, you have this thing 10 feet in front of you, and you are trying to dodge these filaments. Okay, while I'm trying to dodge these filaments, I'm going to um, take a shot. Okay, you're going to be disadvantaged due to the light situation. No, you have dark vision. You're totally fine. Ignore me. Oh, I miss. Uh, and then I'm going to... 10 feet away, there's no way you could miss, but like this filament stuff is distracting you and your shot goes wide. I'm going to um, move uh, like right here. Off to the side, yeah. get behind some cover. Six, get you there. Right there. And I'm going to use an extra, my bonus action to hide. To, to uh, or, or guess or move. You could do a dash to get behind there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Perfect. All right, next up is... The creature itself. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Keep me moving. Just keep me moving around, like, to there. To there? Yeah. And for anyone scoring at home, Devin, with his cool plus five initiative, I rolled a one for your awesome. initiative. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, where yeah. uh, Where do I come into play? You have a total of six, so it's one plus five. <laughs> Oosh. The creature lashes out with literal lashes of filaments. I need everybody who is August... And that's it. <laughs> He's the only one standing outside. Where's everyone going? Everyone's gone. <laughs> August, I need you to make a uh, dexterity saving throw. Uh, that's a eleven. Make another dexterity saving throw. A seven. And a third dexterity okay. saving throw. Uh, ten. All right, you have been lashed around your left arm, your torso, and your throat 
with strange white spidery filaments that kind of curve around. It doesn't hurt, it doesn't constrict, but they are super sticky and restricting your movement and making it very hard to move at all. Okay. Um, and the creature is going to then not move. It will instead one, two, three, four, five, pull August to it. Oh, no. Drags Augie mm. kicking and screaming right up to it. <laughs> However, the creature is done. Augie, you can go. Uh, am I able to uh, slip its bonds? You can try, but it's an action to do so. And that's it? I'm assuming that's not it. It's an, uh, it's an attempt. Um, scanning around on the floor, is there any uh, uh, quote-unquote newt escape points? Uh, hatch type stuff? Uh, yes, Gratings? there is. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to try and slip this... Uh, Creatures bonds. Alright. Uh how are you gonna uh yeah, you, let's do you need to do strength. Make a strength saving throw. Oh, I have to go by strength, huh? Yep. That would be uh Grab onto a hunk of it, it's just next to your strength modifier. Would the nimble escape help me in any way? What does nimble escape say? Nimble escape. Uh, disengage or hide as a bonus action. No. Nope. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. 11. 11. You grab onto a filament and you start pulling and pulling and pulling, and now that hand is attached to it. Okay. You have, uh, that's it. You have a bonus act? Any bonus action up your sleeve? Otherwise, I hide. That's it. Nibble. <laughs> that's All it. right. Augie's in a bit of a, a situation. The creature then uses a legendary action to strike out at Augie. Now that you're right next to it, it pulls you close and says, Find me a vessel to Kolsch while it attacks you, Augie, with a 19 to hit. That's a hit. You have been hit for eight points of slashing damage as its serrated, long, bug-like um, appendage cuts down through into your chest and skin. Last is Devin. You're in the rear hiding behind some machinery. Uh, Devin will step out, um, take, uh, kind of stand, yep, and then head north two more sections there. Uh, we'll extend his hand and we'll say you will flee from this place and we'll cast synaptic recoil okay. upon, uh, the creature. But how does Devin say it? <coughs> Uh, you will flee from this place, creature. <laughs> All right. And um, <laughs> extend his hand and... <laughs> Do I have to make a save or are you making a yes, roll? Yes, you, well, both. I'm going to make a damage. It's basically the same spell that uh, Catherine cast. Okay, wisdom saving throw? Yep. Uh, Even worse, a three. Wow. 50, it takes 15 points of damage. Or it has to flee. And it has to flee. And how far does it have to flee? As far away as it possibly can. All right. How much damage? 15. It will take all of that damage. And it will flee 30 feet up with Augie right underneath it. <laughs> right. It is in the same horizontal position. It is now 30 feet straight up. Straight up. Okay. And it is a new round. It is Catherine. You're up. Is it within 60 feet of me? Um, 
might have to get a little closer. Can I get the smallest amount closer I need? <laughs> <laughs> and That's I'm going to do a classic. Why don't you pick on someone your own size? And I'm going to taunt him, which means that uh, if he can hear me, uh, he needs to make a charisma save or attack me on his next turn if it can, and then I'm going to run as far as away, away as I can. Oh, it has minus four to its charisma saves. <laughs> oh, I had wow. a feeling not very charismatic. All right, here we go. The roll is one. <laughs> a natural so, no, just a However one. far away I can get, have whatever movement I've got left. So it's conflicted. Uh, it needs to I don't know. flee from me <laughs> and attack Catherine at the same time. Is that flight just good for one turn? Uh, so this doesn't be way creature with me. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. It is. Kolsch. <laughs> what kind of sandwich do you want, man? <laughs> Shadra, I, I know where a ship is. Come with me. Uh, and you've got a situation. You've got some really good friends of yours attacking your really good friend. What do you want to try and do to resolve this conflict? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to hurt Shadra. You don't want to hurt friends, but clearly you've got some. Cat, cat, you. Stop attacking him. He's he's gonna help us. <laughs> he's got Augie and he's attacking. He's him. bringing Augie with him. <laughs> Do you want him to take Augie with him to a jungle place? Yeah, well, maybe maybe Augie wants that. <laughs> like a jungle doesn't sound too bad. It sounds better than this damned ship. Uh, keep ignoring the no. <laughs> Cole, she may make a disadvantaged saving throw of wisdom. You Good luck. Inspiration dice if you. Prepared. Yeah. Yes. You can you, you can roll it afterwards. Oh, that's right. Yep. Nope. Yep. You got all the wrong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's very excited. It's not gonna fucking matter. Uh, seven. Seven. You continue to try and. Convince Catherine that she's making some poor decisions right now. Epo, what are you doing? Epo is yelling over his comms. Kolsch, what are you doing? Snap I'm gonna out take of him uh, to the the Strigan's ship. No. Um. <sighs> but he needs to. He needs to go home. He wants to go home. Can Epo get? You were, by the way, are in a perfect position to hide. Yes. Uh, I guess I can see the guy. I want to take a shot. Okay. Uh, am I, what, what range? One, two, three, four, five, about 35 feet. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we're going to shoot. All right. And I'm going to use deft strike since Augie is. Augie is restrained. He doesn't count. He's not distracting. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on, Augie. Taking a shot. Don't forget to track your ammo on the light pistols. I mean, that's true. I've taken one shot. All right. What's your roll? That's a 19 to hit. 19 hits. And uh, three damage. Three damage. Um, and I'm not going to hide. I don't think he can do anything to me at the moment because he's got Augie all tied up. So I'm going to uh, run towards him because I eventually want to get up to him okay. to try and free Augie. 
All right, you're running towards him. So, like, wherever I need to go to climb up to where he's going to be. All right, uh, just get a move him up one more space. There's a little ladder on the side. Perfect. As you're done with that, it takes a legendary action and leaps off from its perch 30 feet up to get at its taunted target, Catherine. She taunted it <laughs> and leaps 5, 10, 15, 20. It leaps kind of in a spot right in the middle of everyone. Uh, <laughs> Devin, Kosh, and Catherine. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does not let go of Augie. Augie, you come falling. Kadoosh, ow! Kadoosh, ow! You get dragged along. You need to make a dexterity saving like a throw, basketball. Augie. Uh, and 11. All right, you take only one point of bludgeoning damage. The And that was its legendary action. It will now take its action and will attack with one claw at Catherine. It only has to do it for its next turn, right? Just says on its next turn, it will attack. Okay. Then it's doing two attacks on Catherine right now. Bring it. First attack is 15. Oh, that hits. Second attack is uh, 22. That hits. You have been hit for 10 points of slashing damage and 12 points of slashing damage. I am definitely out. (laughs) Shredding a Catherine instantly. The creature hisses. Does that like hurt Kolsch's brain some maybe? (laughs) Kolsch, you can make a wisdom saving throw. Good point. Disadvantage. Great. No, this is your beloved Catherine. She just went down. Advantage, please. Uh, 21. Okay, Kolsch, you are free, and uh, you will get to act on your next turn. And uh, Chadra still, however, yells out to you, Take me to this ship now! Done, done, done. It did an attack. It does not need to move. It is Augie's turn. Augie, you are still dragged behind it, wrapped up in this goodness. I'm not in its space? You are behind it. I am behind it. Yes. You are prone to being dragged. Am I able to move at all? You cannot move at all. You have a hand that can move and a mouth that can move. I have a hand that can move and a mouth can move. Okay. Uh, With the hand, I'm in a a muffled, precarious position. I guess I'm in in cocooned, if you will. No, you just wrapped up a couple times. Oh, yeah. I cocooned myself. A uh, little hand reaches out, a little three-pronged claw kind of thing, but there's this whirring sound that starts to build, and there is a brilliant flash in the room as a blast is discharged into the hind quarter of this guy. Yeah. Uh, a laser blast Ooh. to speak of. Uh, and I will be making... An attack roll. An attack roll. If I'm able, I imagine I am. You can. And let's see, with that 18 to hit? 18 is a strike. Is a strike. You're distracted, you're getting pulled around, it's hard, but you're also point blank, so you get the hit. (laughs) You get the hit. I get the hit. You get the hit. Yeah, the hit is hit. It's a hit. All right. This is a Uh, big, huge blast of energy. Give me. (laughs) What's the damage? 46. Or D6, (laughs) not 46. I was like, that thing's got to be dead at 46. Seven, 11 points of damage. 11 points of damage. Pretty good for our healer. And and to follow up with that, 
the next attack roll made against the target before the end of my turn has advantage. There's a bright, burning bright. light, big hole, yeah, right and it ass. attracts attention. Devin, you are right next to this sucker. Sweet. What are you going to do? Um, so, I mean, I'm flanking. I'm basically in a flanked position. Can I back away from him without you an opportunity attack? Nope. Okay. Um, so, Devin will um, swirl his fingers. And a, uh, a a a black void of absolute nothingness. Basically, an event horizon appears in his hand, and he just kind of just <laughs> gently, ever, ever so lightly, at um, at this Ch- Chandra's head. Um, I have I have Chandra, it, not Chandra. Not Chandra. Do not Chandra. confuse Chandra with Chandra. <laughs> oh, I have basically um, <laughs> created a. Uh, singularity and just have just a mini singularity yep, a tiny little singularity and uh, we'll cast it into at this thing alright it's a disadvantage to strike but because the next attack is at advantage oh, that should equal out yeah okay, nice so that's an 11 to hit 11 is a miss Augie panics as that singularity goes <laughs> just goes back. bouncing around. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Collapses the back half of the ship. It goes wide and damages a section of the machinery that was right behind it. That sucks. And I don't know if you can see. Plus to an attack. Uh, but I'll draw that an arrow to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys can't see anything I'm drawing. Why can't you see my drawing? Because I rolled a six. I'm <laughs> plus five to hit. Drawing, erase, clear, exit drawing mode. No, you can't see it. Uh, the, the, the hunk of machinery diagonal from Catherine is gone. That's an open space. Now. Uh, okay, Catherine, you're up. <laughs> I guess I have a death saving throw. Yes. Mm-hmm. Success. 14. Okay, you pass. So if... You get, you're essentially rolling a 10 or higher with no modifiers. If you pass it three times, you are stable, though still unconscious. If you fail it three times, you are dead forever. So oh, it's, a, yeah. it's a best three out of five. This is not how I thought you were going to die today. <laughs> but... I died a totally different way today. Uh, let me put different kind of big alien. something on there. Maybe this will fit. So that little section. Oh, yeah, you can kind of start seeing what I'm trying yeah. to do. All right. Um, Catherine is done. Cold shoe. So uh, I want to. anger in your cat eyes now? Uh, in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I want to feign like I'm still buddies. Oh, all right. And I want to move uh, move ahead 10, 10 feet there. It does not in any way think you're against it. Chandra, I found your ship. And I bring up my rifle and go to town. <laughs> It's in Bulletville. <laughs> With a 19. 19 hits. And uh, 11 points of damage. All right. What type of damage is this? That is um, piercing. Piercing. And I'm going to use my action surge, and I'm going to do the same damn thing. <laughs> he is done with this. With a 21. Is also a hit. And nine more points of damage. Two huge blasts. The creature squeals, steps back a little bit, uh, but can't because there's a rat uh, wrapped up in it. <laughs> I'm blocking you. Trips. Epo, you're yeah. about 20 feet behind it. 
I want to take shots All right. with Deft Strike. Your Deft Strike bonus damage can kick in because it is so distracted. And, yeah. You got a hit. God, that's uh, 13. 13, I think, is a miss. Let me double check. Your shot goes wide. You had it lined up, but then Augie kind of sat up a little bit, and you didn't want to blast him. You hold your shot, and you miss. You want to move? Um, No, I'm just going to stay there. Okay. At the end of your turn, Epo, the creature is going to attack and auto hit uh, Catherine. Whoa. And pierces you doing a death saving throw against you. One or two. Oh, one, just one. It is now the creature's turn. It spins around violently turning against Devin and therefore moving Augie around as it spins. <laughs> stop, stop moving! It spins around and attacks Devin twice. You ready for this? I am. These are brutal blows. <gasps> oh no. It spins around and just as it comes slicing down, whipping through the air is Augie caught up in all this mess. <laughs> and Augie, you're squealing in slow motion. You get whipped right in front between Devin and it and its big arm comes slicing through and it slices you free with a critical fumble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have tumbled free and you are over, you're about 10 feet away. You are prone, but you are no longer attacked. There are things that are on you, but you can now move. Okay. It, however, has a second attack and in frustration. I am too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> it attacks you with yes. a nine. Who, me? Yeah. I oh, know. Yeah, no no oh way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is going to stay there. It's going to stay there. No, it is not. It is going to move um, and runs over and starts climbing up. Actually, that was a hole. Runs over here and starts climbing up some machinery nearby. Opportunities? Yeah, is there an opportunity attack I can take? Uh, you, what do you have in your hand melee-wise to opportunity attack? Got my fist. <laughs> okay. I'll punch that thing. Sure. <laughs> Watch those fragile hands. <laughs> They're so white and porcelain. You'd be a hand model for Dove Lotion. 12? 12. Yeah, that's a mess. Okay. It's still pretty good for... Yeah. Not bad. And it's okay. scurrying up, and it's about uh, 20 feet... Uh, oh, no, it speeds faster than I thought. It's 30 feet up. How's it looking right now? Uh, it's dripping grayish blood quite a bit. Okay. Uh, and Augie... You finally get to play. <laughs> you're, you're prone. What do you want to do? Uh, I'm prone. Uh, I got to get up. Half your move? Yeah, I got to get up. Half my move. Uh, I will move and scramble towards uh, Catherine. And then pass cat. <laughs> she gets an opportunity. She gets, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll stop there. I kind of roll. I tumble in. I I duck into her bloody craziness, and uh, I <laughs> I pry some very odd-looking, very sharp, metallic-y surgical implements for my pack and uh, 
use them to revive her in some fashion that she just kind of shocks awake. Okay. And uh, I do that, uh, stabilizing her. Stabilize. Oh, uh, yeah. So actually don't lose those death saving throws. She's one and one. How right do we do that? No, keep the death saving throws you can lose. You can lose the death saving We need exhaustion. 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 That's Wait. how we're doing. Wait. You what? gain one level of exhaustion. But I'm not even awake. You are awake. You are, oh, with one, one point. point. Um, no. I am not Did awake. I know? Nope, she is stable. I'm a new medic. So... What, you, what, what does it say for your stabilize? <sighs> I've got it right here. When you activate this power with zero hit points, the creature becomes stable. That means she's no longer making death saving throws, but she's still at zero hit points. But she can recover over time, right? Uh, yes, overnight. <laughs> or we can heal her as well. Yes. All right. Okay. You're done. Um, next up is Devin. <clears throat> Let me try this again. And uh, he will cast his final uh, rank one spell. Okay. Another singularity appears uh, just above his hand, and he casts it with more uh, force this time. Good luck. More vigor. Yes. Mm. More accuracy. Uh, <laughs> yes, 20, in fact. 20 is a hit. Doing 3d8 points of damage. Nice. Seven. Seven. Eh, sad. Better than a miss. It's, yes, it is better than a miss. It was a mini singularity light. Yes. Uh, is a hit. The creature 30 feet up sends out filaments towards Devin, Augie, and Colch. Each of you make dexterity saving throws, please. <laughs> so I'm going to use one of my force shields. Oh, to add? Yeah. <laughs> Easy on the finger there, buddy. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Thanks, bye. A three and a natural one. <laughs> uh, f- Fifteen... 15. Uh, yeah, hold on. Oh my goodness. I think I have some other. 15's good. You're good. You're good. Coach, what'd you roll? Uh, six. Okay. You have been surrounded by one of these filaments and are attached to the creature and are restrained. Uh, you cannot move, but you can still take some actions. Uh, Augie, what did you roll? A natural one. All right. Here we go again. Here we go. Wee! <laughs> um, it was a fun ride. You yeah. were also restrained, but you're restrained. You're restrained by the stomach interior as it goes through your mouth down your esophagus, oh. and you are oh. hentied with some white filament. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, Bite down hard. You've been restrained in so many weird ways. Oh, you also need to take two points of oh my god damage. <laughs> restrained my pancreas. <laughs> Uh, Devin is done. <laughs> you suffer from instant diabetes. <laughs> Catherine, you're done. Hanging out. Yeah. Oh, um. This is how these go for me, right? I is just, it possible you know, as a bonus action to inject her with a healing thing? That takes a standard to do someone okay. else. Kolsch. Uh, so I'm restrained, but I can still, I got still got my arm movements. Yeah, let me double, double check and see what it says. Um... Ability checks just get uh, weapon fails from a stubborn kind of action. Uh, it deals no damage and strewed. It reads. Uh, yeah, you can keep, keep going. Okay. Keep shooting. You ugly fucker! Get down here! 
Uh, the 25. Wow, dead eye accurate. 12 points of damage. 12 points. The creature falls five feet when it gets hit. Blood showering down on the unconscious form of Catherine, who's not far underneath it, sorry. But it catches itself and is struggling to hold on to its perch up there. Uh, That was a huge hit. Epo. Epo. How far above? 20 feet off the ground. He's 20 feet high. Uh, So I'll just take a normal shot. Okay. From there, you're not gonna move. You're gonna move in. I, I'm good distance. Uh, it's about 45. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Uh, 17. 17 is a hit for three damage. Three points of damage. You can take this creature <laughs> out, Evo. <laughs> 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 Undo Kolsch just to get um, him out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So Evo sees Kolsch like with this huge hit and is like, yes, but then he sees the creature catch himself and start to pull himself up. And so Evo uh, takes aim and hits one of the arms of the creature uh, to sever it. And then just the weight of the creature cannot be held by the other arm and he falls down and Splats. Splats. Next to, not on Catherine, but next to Catherine. <laughs> and all is quiet again. I just have like, you like hear me gurgling and like snoring on the blood a little bit. Oh, speaking of gurgling, what's going on with August? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't eject the tentacle. He kind of packs more of it into his cheek. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Use gonna, this for later. He commits. He his, commits. his motto, better in than out. <laughs> uh, he rolls around in a panicky little mess, but uh, gets up and, and, and pulls a pin off his, uh, his backpack, which releases a bunch of confetti in the air <laughs> and uh, instantly begins to uh, heal uh, Catherine and Augie at the same time. Uh, and we're doing then we'll just have it do five and five right now. Okay, so each of you heal five. Yep. Hmm. All right, nice. The industrial room combat scene, gray and red blood gore fest murder room has come to a quiet close. What would you like to do now? Does anybody know what that thing was? Walsh wants to take a look at it. I'm still wounded! <laughs> He's still pulling out, filling it like a magician <laughs> with matches. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh god. It's like my ramen got loose. <laughs> Are you going to eat that? (laughs) (laughs) Want to see my Gene Simmons? (laughs) Uh, You're over there poking and prodding, right, Kolsch? Uh Should we say Dr. Kolsch? Nope. Make a xenobiology roll. Ooh, I want to look too. (laughs) A four. A four. Devin is also inspecting the four. Uh, Not at this moment. Right now, (laughs) Kolsch is breaking off leg chunks and kind of sampling out the crab leg juice in the slots. Oh, please do not do that. And it's a little little tasty. It's a little tangy. Uh, It has a bit of an aftertaste. Like, it stays on your tongue for a long time. Yeah, it tingles a little. Coats the tongue. Yeah, you make a mistake of of licking your paw, and then, like, it's stuck to that fur, and then there's that, and it starts to transfer around. Um, but other than that, you have no idea what the hell this thing was. Figured, but yeah. it tried to control you, and now it's in your mouth. Yep. 
It's their plan all along. <laughs> uh, Catherine gets up and says, where did that come from? Uh, do you think that one of these factions brought it on, or was it here before? It is hard to tell. Ember uh, reached out to me. We can probably figure out where it came from. It left a trail of destruction. That is a good point. Yes, indeed. Let us uh, follow the trail. Um, I, and there is a trail of destruction, yeah? Yeah, you guys climb up a whole bunch of steps. Were you gonna? Were you gonna look at like? See if you could figure out. The anything. moment has passed already, I'm yeah. afraid. <laughs> there is a heavy sniffing sound some? and some heavy thumping as a syringe wielding rat like creature starts to charge out at Catherine. <laughs> God, why does it have to be that way? <laughs> you moved! Even when she's unconscious and she's acting unconscious in the scene, she flinches when you try and revive her. <laughs> I uh, jab her uh, singularly with uh, my heavy syringe. There are light syringes, and I have heavy syringes too. And, uh, and uh, start to use the twelve-gauge needle. Yes. Yeah. Oh god! Uh, and so has a kickstart. <laughs> Where's my die? There it is. And you heal twelve. Oh, that's all your life. Wow, that's it. Perfect. That is how I work. <sighs> Perfection. Every- Ow! Perfection every time. Thank you, Augie. Who's next? I'm good. Me! Come on. <laughs> uh, I save my wounds for later. Okay. Climbing up a whole bunch of flights of metallic stairs, you reach the top where these high catwalks are, where there's some need to get access to this machinery. But again, no one's been here for three years or more and you're able to see a huge cut and damage it made to a door and wall section. It didn't just do the door, it did like, it was a big double door, it did half of the door and half of the wall it was attached to to claw its way through. Just that being a dick to the maintenance person. <laughs> Uh, and you pr- you move into another large room and you can find there's an more damage on the other side and you follow that and you follow that. You go for a, a little bit of time and find a much smaller hole it made high up in this tall, huge room of industrial machines. And someone has to slip into this uh, small hole first. Not smallish hole, big enough for the creature. Um, but yeah, so it's got to be like big enough for Kolsch. Yes. creature fit through. Kolsch right. will go through. Going through with your, uh, yeah, with rifle, your rifle out as best you can, climbing in. Kolsch, you climb in and you arrive in a smallish room, maybe compared to the rest of the rooms you've been in, which are almost miles, it seems, in size. This is 50 by 50 foot room, a slightly lower ceiling, maybe 10, 9 feet slightly low. In here is a uh, computer console. There are also three containers. These containers are made out of some cool, high-tech looking steel metal. They are slightly angled, maybe back 10 or 15 degrees. They have a uh, door type uh, closure over them that's made of some cool plexi steel glass futuristic material. And one in the middle is open and the door is slightly damaged. And then there is a official door into this room that is sealed tight 
that uh, you probably could not get through at all, but you're on the inside of it, so it doesn't really matter. You've come through the wall. Is the computer power, is there power to the computer? There mm, does not seem to be. You can go over there and make uh, a... No, I'm not, no, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> uh, I will, uh, August, there's a mana, there's a computer in here. Can you come in and see if you can work your magic? Okay, I'll take a look. Uh, and then I'll look at the containers. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be doing that for a while with the of it. You need a drink of water? I'm fine. <laughs> and then I want to look at the container that that's open that I presume this creature came from. Okay, you can feel it is cold inside. Are these similar to the containers that were floating in space? Absolutely not. Okay. Those were, uh, call this number to rent me dumpsters outside gotcha. of an apartment complex. <laughs> so it's cold, cold inside, like maybe it was a cryo chamber? Uh, you can make a lore roll. Yeah. Devin's just chomping at the bit. Get your ass in here. Uh, 12? 12? Uh, no, this was clearly to house beverages and keep them chilled at the appropriate temperature. Mm. Clearly. M- most likely milk. Mm. Um, <laughs> Gary. Uh, Augie starts. Cole yeah. has to come in and actually lend a hand and help pull you up into this harder to reach hole in the higher wall, and you're now inside this room. You see the same thing as I described. Uh, I gingerly approach this control panel and, or, uh, Computer, Computer, you are there. You can see that it does power up. It is drawing a little bit of power through the emergency systems, which it should not be. The only thing they should be pulling are lights. So this would not be a normal regulation connection. Does it seem that all of this console is uh, ad hoc, if you will, uh, jury rigged together? Make an engineering roll. Uh, 21. No, this is a serious piece of machinery. Uh, it was uh, part of this ship design, uh, not ad hoc in any way. Oh, okay. I would like to see what it does or what it can do or what it knows. <laughs> All of it. All of it. <laughs> uh, you were able to turn it on and make two. Let's see. Yeah, make two computer rolls for me. Two computer rolls. Let's do the two computer rules right here. First one is a 21. Okay. Second one is a natural one. I hit delete. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. So you find a couple bits of information before you format the entire computer (laughs) with a magnet you brought. (laughs) The whole world ship goes... (laughs) (laughs) Ah. You uh, find some information. Uh, This system was being kept in cryogenesis, the middle chamber, for uh, three years and a few weeks. Hmm. Why are you giggling over there, Jillian? Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, had no um, end time, it was just going to keep going, and it was drawing, again, power that, uh, doing it rather sneakily um, mm-hmm. from the systems. 
and it failed not too long ago, maybe a day ago, uh, when total power to the entire ship was cut. That it was only affecting the middle chamber. The other two have not been used. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, what was your first roll? 21? 21. You also discern the name Dr. Mares, M-A-R-E-S, as the last person to log into this system. You see there's a bunch of information about some logs and some details about it, but you just delete away. You do control X and panic and, oh, what do I do? And then control C and then it's gone. <clears throat> no. Well, not using that system anymore. I have some information here. Are there any other things over there, Augie? Anything else we should be concerned about? No, nothing to be concerned about. Yeah. Anymore. You want to tell him? Uh, yes, uh, conveying all the information, of course. Uh, uh, this pod just in the middle was in, uh, cryogenesis. Cryogenesis, if you will. Were there... about three years. And it was the only one? The only one. The other two are unused. Someone didn't want this found, though. Three years ago is when the Stragons took over this vessel, yes? Yeah. I did manage to pull a name before the uh, the counter uh, agents worked against me there. <laughs> Wait, there are catch Jeffrey agents? is not a counter <laughs> agent. Counter agents. <laughs> what what name did you find? Doctor Mares. Mares. Spell spell it, please. M A M A M A R E. That's Mama Res. M M A R E S. Mama Mama Mama. Oh. Three years ago is also about when the Gris came. So it could be something that was against the Strigans or from the Strigans or from the Gris. We will need to figure out who Dr. Mares is. It, I believe it would be unlikely the Gris that... That seems like an unlikely candidate. I believe the Strigans would be the more obvious potential culprit, so to speak. To contain this thing. Or it's possibly here as well to get rid of them. Uh, uh, Dr. Maris does not sound like a Gris name. And uh, Dr. <laughs> they don't have any PhDs. <laughs> is also uh, M. Do the Strigans ever go by the term Doctor? No. And Doctor is also not a Strigan title either. So it is perhaps not even... Uh, these dragons. Uh, maybe it was something that was placed here before them as well. Maybe neither party has anything to do with it. Sounds likely. We should <sighs> see if they know anything about it. Or I've heard of this Dr. Mears. Mears, I believe you said. He's got a digital stutter so is there anything more to be learned here? <clears throat> the the other pods don't seem to be in use. Do so not no. seem to be or are not? I don't know. I'm afraid to touch them. <laughs> Augie says from inside as he closes the door. 
It's still work. It's <laughs> frozen solid. Oh, you've been carbonized. <laughs> All right, well, we have to go see the dragons anyway and maybe uh, clean up a little. Let's go talk to them about Dr. Marriage as well as well, the other conversation we were going to have. Where were we originally going when we got... We're going to talk to the dragons about a deal with the... Is that uh, really what we were doing? Is that what we were doing? Oh, uh, no, we were right. taking the drone back to the farmer. Oh, yeah, back okay. Back to, and we were uh, going to see if it was possible. Guide Lewis. Right. Use it. Okay, you guys head back then towards the dragon side of the ship. Also, Kolsh, due to your awesomeness of breaking free of the effect of Chadra and then kicking ass with some big damage, you get a DM inspiration. Oh, oh. thank you. You can use later on. Nice. Just a bonus D6 you can toss later on whenever you want. All right, you guys are back, and uh, just as you mentioned, Catherine, there's some damage and some bedraggled nature, but uh, you and Augie look really, really bad. You are bloody to high hell, <laughs> massive clothes lacerations, just gore and everything, hair matted with blood, and then Augie, you just still have strange filament stuff just attached and connected to your fur, to your clothing, to your equipment. Hanging out um, the corner of your mouth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so you guys have some social just concerns, FYI. You're a bit of a mess. Perhaps and- we go back and shower. Right. Don't I... Am I not just generally unappealing to everyone? <laughs> so you're saying That's, you're resilient. It's fine. It's up to you. No, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll Hygiene I'll, resilience. All right. <laughs> this is the name I, of that... Of that trait, <laughs> I just clean myself furiously right, right where I'm at. So just, you're like licking. I'm, I'm like preening. I'm just, you're you're going your to need professional help. Prof- <laughs> professional preening. Yes. I need my horde. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll go with a groomer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, then Met a t- pet smart. <laughs> <laughs> You look at one of those sad dogs with all mad with the hair completely wet. Uh, the two of you uh, clean up at the house they have given you. The issue, though, however, is that your clothing is ruined and you'll have to use some clothing that they provide and they've only provided one type of clothing and it was the formal gear uh, uh, equipment that they provided. Or they have a surplus of beige robes and cotton beige slacks. Any of those interest you? It's mm-hmm, at your disposal. I'm going to go back with my engagement dress. Okay. Looking forward to it. All right. With it's tactical gear and button belts. <laughs> time for formality. It's got a quick draw on the back. Uh, I, I think nudity is essentially optional for Augie, so he could come out with full fur. And not be a problem. Nobody goes full fur. <laughs> <laughs> just air dry, just get all plump oh, and bushy. He's, he's it's not the 70s anymore. Manscaped <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, buddy. <laughs> I, got, I got a new swagger, you know? <laughs> Twirling my tail. <laughs> That's not his tail. <laughs> Hello, helicopter going. Kids <laughs> will check anyone. <laughs> oh my goodness. You killed. Uh, if, if, it's, if it's really determined to be out of line, I'll go ahead and throw in whatever they have formally for me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, they do. They. Uh, it's. A little tuxedo. Oh no, it's uh, not. T- it's a little skipper outfit. <laughs> 
It's very, it's very formal and appropriate for young children, and it fits you perfectly well. It's perfectly well. Okay. All right. Don't forget to decap. Oh it's a little beret kilted on the side. All right, and then you have Catherine in an engagement dress, and then the rest of you go to out to the farming fields. Can, can, can we slow march together as we <laughs> a little wedding march action? Uh, <clears throat> Lewis is there, and he says, "Well, what have you brought me?" And what have you brought me? <laughs> uh, we have brought you your uh, robot back. Uh, the um, Gris have worked on it. Tell me what you think. If you can, it still needs to be programmed. He takes a look and says, oh, yeah, this seems uh, workable. It's not uh, perfect, but it's a lot better than what I had before. This thing's flying now. So it will speed up your food production? Uh, yeah, a bit, yeah. Excellent. And how many more of these robots do you have? Um, six. How many more can you create? Zero. Why is it? I, uh, we don't make robots. Whatever is here is here. Can you get a robot making strike in? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have those skills. Uh, but I can refer you to our chief engineer. Uh, I am good, thank you. No necessary. Where did where did you find these ones? Are there more? Maybe uh, another part of the ship? There's always possible things to be found more in the ship, uh, but these are the ones that we were able to find in over three years. Guide Lewis. Well, for now, why don't we send these other robots to the sh- uh, to the Chris and have them uh, put into working order as well. Let's maybe do like two at a time so in just in case we don't lose them all. I would uh, perhaps suggest we wait until maybe we strike a deal with Igris. Let's say we bring two tomorrow and with one of them ask if they can replicate one of them. Mm. If they can build more, then we have <laughs> quite a few more options. Very good. Alright, what do you guys want to do? Shall we go see Master Chenier? I think it's time. You guys are at Master Chenier's. You are in a operations room where he and three of his people are around controls, monitoring different things. You see Amber, the Esper is here. She nods at you, Devin, acknowledging your presence. And uh, Master Chenier turns around in all his uh, beige glory and says, uh, so, what did the Gris have to say? I do a slight curtsy in my amazing gown. He finally takes notice of it. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> this is a time for formality. <laughs> he straightens up a little bit. Uh, they did some work on one of your robots that can help with some agriculture. It seems they understand the mechanics of these things, although perhaps not the programming. It is possible that the two of you could work together to make more food available. They seem reluctant to agree to something without speaking with you, and they said they would be happy to meet with you with two other of their people if you would bring yourself and two more for potentially a parlay. They said specifically, Jeffrey is not to be one of them. They did say that. <laughs> Make a persuasion roll, Catherine. 
18. 18. I am willing to meet with them, and we will see how much they're willing to give in, particularly with security. I cannot have more attacks on my people, and my chief engineer must absolutely be a part of this meeting. That He's... might break the deal. <laughs> it's a deal for us. For the <laughs> we will not mediate this. <laughs> If you uh, will, if you will mediate, we will meet. There is a housing area. There's an open park. It's in between the two sector regions of the ship. Seems a good middle ground. That sounds excellent. Uh, By the way, do you know a Dr. Mares? I do not. It seems something was left on the ship before you bought it. We tend to need more things than we were. Some- you don't want this. It was an alien creature. I'm Devin's very like, fierce one. Kind of hard stare at Amber right now. Okay. Like kind of like seeing what her reaction to it is. Um. She's not sure what to make of your hard stare. She's kind of looking at you like what? Like me? Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Did De- I not turn my telepathy on? Devin doesn't What's... doesn't give anything away. All right. Just looks at her shocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems that we were told about a breach. Bye. Devin's shaking his head no. <laughs> Epo's been shaking his head no. Amber says, yes, that was me earlier. <laughs> Devin starts nodding. Yes, yes. And what did you know of this? How did it come on your radar? How did you not know of it before? I don't know of a lot about this ship, but it's part of my job to maintain, to maintain sensors and to be aware of things. And this popped up on my system. I've never seen this alert before. Do you need to know where the destination is? I can give you roughly in the right direction. You would. The, what do you mean, destination? Of where this uh, contamination came out of. Uh, is it, and like Devin gives the kind of location of where... It is. Then no, we are good. Shanir says, do we need to cordon off an area then? Do we have a radiation situation or a virus situation? Uh, no. We took care of it. We're the prophets. Of course. <laughs> of course. I forgot to check radiation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then we will see at this meeting tomorrow what these Gris are truly about, and I hope all goes well. I hope that all of us come to the table with an open mind. Indian good faith. And I hope that if they decide to launch yet another attack, you will be there to protect me and my people. We will be there to protect whomever needs it. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> he begrudgingly I was going to say leave but he's this is my operation get the hell out of here I got beige things to do go beigeness uh, anything you guys want to do overnight until the meeting the next day take a long rest alright you guys get some sleep you get back half your hit point maximum you can spend additional hit dice if you need to do I need to get, what about my exhaustion? Uh, you get it, one level exhaustion goes away. Woo-hoo. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs>
And you get back any powers and effects and action surges, that kind of goodness. You guys wake up the next day and you are heading out with the Strigon <clears throat> towards this middle area. A bunch of you get out, not a bunch. You guys want just a couple of them, right? Yep. Three people. Three. And Devin does his normal thing. He casts Psionic Shield and then does an Esper and then does a short short rest. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. And you guys uh, board a train with them and they also send two of these robots along as the concept? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. You guys head out towards this compound that has been agreed upon with the Gris. They have diverted just enough power to light up this uh, living section. It's made up of several different buildings and structures. There's a small little uh, park type area in the central uh, section. And you can see as you approach this little mini park <coughs> courtyard that there are a few Gris that are approaching. Uh, and Vinig is absolutely one of them. And you have so a couple trees, some grass. There's some buildings that surround this area. You're moving the whole map itself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's some buildings which you can go in and move out if you need to. You've got Epo at the top. You've got the group scattered. On the left-hand side is Augie, a colonist. And if you highlight the person just above Augie, you should see a name, I believe. There you go. There's Jeffrey. Jeffrey, damn it. And then right there, that's in the middle of the grass, is Master Shanir. Not too far away from him is Vining, who Catherine goes out to kind of greet and make sure he feels accommodated. There are also a couple of other uh, Gris. And if you scroll up to reveal the bottom section... Uh, there's a fourth Gris. There's an extra little Gris just down at the bottom, keeping an eye on things. We're supposed to be three. Did you notice? Um, who could possibly, Catherine cannot, who is mm, Polsh, yeah. has a tree that you can not see through. It's a um, top to bottom tree. Augie, you can make a disadvantage perception what? roll. All right. <clears throat> Let's hope a natural one doesn't kill me. That's not too bad. Um, if, uh, you said perception? Perception. 15. 15? Yeah. You do see a fourth Gris, so one more than the agreed upon, who's kind of skulking around and circling around the bottom section of these little houses, moving from building to building. Okay. And there you have it. I radio that out to our our little group there. The Vinig is there, Master Shanir is there, and also in the middle, it looks like, oh yeah, Kolsh and Devin and Catherine are also in this little park area. Vinig, you see we've brought Master Shanir here to speak with you about how we can work out a deal. Have you come in good faith? Yes! Uh, all, okay, so we have brought another one of these machines that your people worked on yesterday. Is it possible, do you think, that you could make more? You say more. I want more food. Well, that's what that can do. Where is the food? We need food now. I believe that can be part of the negotiations. Assuming things go well, I'm sure there can be food shared between both of you. We need assurance of safety, not demands for food. Both of you, 
You were supposed to come here in good faith. I need you to both come to the table, assuming good things from each other, or this cannot work. I have faiths and tables. I am here. I uh, please can you tell us is this something you could do could you make another one of these robots given access to one of them no um, why does that make you laugh every time <laughs> while this exchange is it's happening an earn, it's an earnest pondering of the question <laughs> no <laughs> there's so much there's layers in there while, while this is going on um can Ippo uh unnoticeably kind of back away and make his way around circle around to where right. uh Augie said the fourth person is. Sure, you're going around that circular building trying to swing around towards the mm-hmm. sneaky gris at the southern section. Mm-hmm. Make a stealth roll and I will make a perception roll. Uh sixteen. Okay. Everything seems on the up and up. No one's aware of you except for Jeffrey, who looks back behind and gives you a big nod, Epo. <laughs> that he he's got you guys. He's right. got you. That's fine. I just flip him off. So where were you going? <laughs> he's behind the circle building over there. Yep. Works for now. It seems Master Shanir cannot make a great deal more food. We have six robots. With your help, we can probably work through making them more efficient, but not extremely large amounts. What can each of you ensure for the other? And please answer, hopefully. Make a persuasion roll, Catherine. Natural 20. Wow! We can offer everything. It's all on the table. (laughs) I can commit to reducing the amount of food that we eat and ration ourselves out to help provide some more food for the Gris, but I'm not sure how we can sustain this more than several months. I can ask my people to make sacrifices, cut down on some of our nice evening formal events. And we can provide four, five, six months of food if the Gris do not eat everything given to them immediately. They will also be able to survive six months. But I do not know what to do beyond that. That is extremely generous. Thank you, Master Shanir. In that time, would it be helpful to bring on more hands? Could that create more opportunity, or could we work to get more of these machines brought to you so that your production could become higher? We do not have the resources and funds to find, locate, and purchase new machines, and I do not know what you mean by more hands. Our people are stretched to the limit. This is a large facility that requires a lot of dedicated work, and we do our best to keep it running. Absolutely. I know that you're- With our help! That is true. <laughs> and <clears throat> But I know that your original intent was to have more colonists come here. 
can we do more to help bring more people here that could potentially help with maintenance of this and grow more food for all? We have not reached out to other Strigan yet. The Well, we have, but many do not wish to join us at this time, so it does not seem to be a, a valid option. What about those who are not Strigan? What about them? Uh, if there are people willing to come and uh, farm and make a living here upon this wheeled ship, would that be acceptable? I have committed so much of my life to making this a home for me and my people, not to bring others on here. Look what it's gotten us so far, he says, nodding towards the Gris. Is the question? Well, the other option for the Gris is um, for them to potentially move to another acceptable habitat that is not this vessel. Feinig, it seems that while you do provide extremely useful power that Strigans have been extremely appreciative of, they cannot support your growing family for longer than a few months, and it does not seem they have the resources to do so, and you cannot bring them extra resources to help them grow food for your people. Then the ship's power fails, and they float in darkness. They have no money, they have no people, and they have one thing for everyone, and they will not share. It is true. They are fools. It seems- Fools. <laughs> uh, fools. Catherine looks impressed by the repetition <laughs> and says, I understand why you would think this, but they cannot support your people the way you need. In the next four to six months, perhaps both of your groups could come up with plans, alternate plans, one for you to find a new location and one for them to find a new power source. In that time, if you show restraint as they plan to show restraint, you can keep your people fed and then be on your way to find a better location for yourself. Is that something that you could work with? Make a persuasion roll. So many persuasion rolls in one episode. Holy moly. Nope, nope. Natural one. Oh! Pleased one, pissed off the other. <laughs> and the Strigan. Roll initiative. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, Epo, by the way, you have you can continue to move yeah, around. I was about to ask. Um, I... Like, if I could be kind of where the number five is. Yeah, you can get right over there. You appear to have not been noticed uh, by anyone except Jeffrey, who's following you with his, his head. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Jeffrey can't see me anymore. <laughs> Master Shanir says, this this is uh, untenable. You need to work something out. You make, make them work, make them not create so many mouths to feed. Our amazing home here will be a cold, lifeless, powerless wreck floating in space in six months. Master Shanir, you were the one who wanted them to be removed. This at least gives you some time to think about another plan. And perhaps we as the prophets 
uh, can work towards that end as well and attempt to find a suitable world for these Gris to move to. And potentially some people who share some of your common interests to help you with the power problems that you have. I think you have power problems of your own and your allegiance is being swayed by the poor stories of these bugs. That is very insulting. Uh, at the mention of bugs, Kolsha's gonna kinda encroach. Right up to the speakers? Yep. All right, and you're right. Kind of oh, yeah, and Devin's also not, like, look, yelling this at 30 feet away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> be, to, to, to just be a little intimidating and make sure nothing gets out of hand. Okay. Master Shanir, you asked for the prophets. Ultimately, we are diplomats. Did you have another plan here or not? Or once you asked for them to find a new home, what was your expectation? We are here to help create an alliance... We are not here to destroy. We want to figure out a way that will help both of you, as it does not seem that there are enough resources for both groups. If you have other options, please feel free to pursue them. For the moment, we are doing our best to make sure both of you are taken care of. Make a persuasion roll. Augie begins to slow clap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's an 11. 11. He says, fine, we will provide ration food and you will ensure that they are gone in five months. And I look to Vinig mm-hmm. and say, is this acceptable to you? It is acceptable, yes. Do I like it? No. <laughs> uh... Has- can you poke stealth up on that other... You sure can. Place? Don't cause an international incident. <laughs> uh, he has also uh, moved a little bit. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> right up behind <laughs> Make a stealth roll. Uh, 18. <laughs> you stealth up behind a Gris. He is completely oblivious to you. You are right behind him. I uh, poke him with my sword cane. Okay. And say, leave now. I get an intimidation roll. Speaking of international incidents. 12. Oh, it runs like crazy and runs away and skitters out of this whole area. Nice. But it runs through the green space. <laughs> Naked, no less. <laughs> it runs off terrified. Now he's like, oh, they can do it. <laughs> And the uh, Vinig says, I'm grateful for your talking, Katrin. <laughs> we are glad that this could be resolved. We will help both of you look for another opportunity and please shake hands on it. Oh, that's another persuasion. Roll. You're <laughs> pushing it right there. That's hand a poisonous claw. I think uh, that is an eight. An eight. We are done here. Shanir turns around and walks off. Vinig shrugs and they walk away. I can see Vinig's hand out. Don't leave me hanging. 
Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> after after Grist Instigator runs away, Ipo walks out towards the the powwow. Sword cane. Uh. Look up in here. Yeah. 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 Shanir's heading back out with his people, and uh, the Gris and Vinig are heading their way. Can I, can I, can I privately catch up with Vinig? Yes, I do so, and I turn to him and say, "Why did you bring four? I thought it was me and three. You misunderstood. Please do not misunderstand again." Make an intimidation roll. See if you can affect this future five months. Nope. I can't. No. no. <laughs> and he glares at you and walks off. And I thought, the two- it, I thought it was me and 50, and like the ceiling is just swarming with them. <laughs> the two parties leave this area. You're not quite sure how resolute the resolution is. Well done, Catherine. We'll Nego- see if it works. Well negotiated. It could be that we leave and this turns into utter chaos, but we did the best we can. Now we just have to think really hard. Do we know different planets for these grists to go? Will we just uh, (laughs) perhaps utilize the resources of the prophets to accomplish such? Absolutely. And maybe the Minister of Education can work for the Strigans to get them a different source of power. (coughs) Augie collects two credits from Jeffrey. Engineer. engineer. <laughs> he is the minister of education. He can probably find a better engineer for them. All right. What are you guys going to do? So. <coughs> I want to ask, uh, have a little parley with Devin. Did you, have you talked to your friend about why she sent us to that beast we killed? It was, she was warning us. Uh, she saw that the the creature had broken out and uh, it was basically smashing through her ship I believe. What if there's more of them elsewhere? Um that uh, hopefully there are not um I don't know I mean we could attempt to search the ship but it is huge. I do not know maybe Augie could uh, see if there are any more cryogenic. We should at least warn the the Strigans kind of know what happened, but we should warn everyone aboard yes. in case there the, are more. The Grish should be aware as well. Absolutely. All right. So, I guess. Some time goes by, you send word to the Gris about any possible uh, attack from an alien and not to blame Assuming the Strigans. they didn't know anything about it. I say, no, no response. They and I guess in the meantime, they're also, we're also sending them a couple of bots at a time and they are getting them in the working order. Yep. That appears to be going swimmingly well the rest of the day. They are starting work on that immediately. Um, uh... About to say Avius. Epomene uh, wants to go see how uh, Jeffrey has done on uh, Kellen's oasis as far as buffing it out <laughs> okay. and, and minor repairs, some All bondo right. work. I want to make his roll right now for it. Paint job. Ugh. You return to your ship, Kellen's oasis, and see all the minor buffing and repairs. 
Uh, why is it not rolling? Here we go. Galen's oasis is in pieces, according to the manual. It he has done a completely a, what you would expect job from Jeffrey. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> There's uh, everything worse, right? uh, No, everything you asked him to clean is clean, but like there's scuff marks and minor scrapes of his tools when he left the area. Um, So it's half a dozen of the other. And half assed. (laughs) Okay. I wouldn't say, I'd say he worked very hard. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's it's whole assed. Ipo will try to then. Clean and mitigate Jeffrey's um, All right. marks. Uh, Devin will approach uh, guide Amber. Okay. And ask if she would be willing to. Go ahead and ask her. Uh, Are you leaving soon? We will be returning to the profits in order to try to find a suitable uh, location for the Gris to relocate to. Um. I am very intrigued by your ability, and I was wondering if we could uh, perhaps sit and you explain it to me from one mystic to another. Uh, yes, it, I have. Uh, we could certainly spend some time, and she makes time and has uh, dinner, and the two of you chat, talk shop. Mm-hmm. It's a fun evening. Excellent. And you guys, unless you have anything else, what else you want to do here at the world ship before you depart? Is there any way that we have of communicating with them remotely? Yes. Uh, Amber, Guide Amber has provided you with um, communication uh, lines to reach them. It'll take a long time, but you can reach them. Does Guide Amber know anything about the ejected um, cargo containers? Negatory. Okay. Is there a way Augie could find out about the foundry, the creation of the ship? Uh, where it was created? Yeah, make a engineering roll. Um, 19. You have identified... nameplate. <laughs> uh, number. <laughs> this ship was created by the Alliance Science Corps for... Uh, exploration and colonist uh, work. Huh? But was never officially commissioned? What's the term? You know? Yep. Is that what it is? Yeah. Christened. Christened. Okay. Either one. Yeah. Um. Oh, interesting. Okay. Isn't christened just like a ceremonial thing where it's commissioned? Is it's actually like the like, form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, like, you know, the bottle of champagne broken on it. It wasn't brought into service. Yes. Officially. Uh, Ipo, <laughs> before we mean, would like to ask Guide Claire about uh, those containers. All right. Uh, you talk with her, and no one seems to know anything at all about those containers. Really? Okay. Catherine would like to change out of her outfit as soon as possible. <laughs> all right. You do have some reserved clothes back aboard the ship. You all climb aboard. Has Am- the ship ever moved, or do they... No, they keep it immobile. It's in the open space. That way there's fewer people going to a planet that might run into them and that kind of a thing. But did they they found this place, or was this where they bought the ship and it's never moved? You were able to ask in your uh, time, uh, last for a few, uh, our last day here, uh, they moved it here. Okay. 
Amber's the only one who really says goodbye, and no one else really has grateful things. There's no ceremony or anything. What about Jeffrey? Uh, do you haven't seen Jeffrey all day? Um, you guys. He's moping that we're, going, <laughs> that we're leaving. Um, you guys climb aboard your ship, take off. Mm-hmm. Epo, you've done so. some, some minor repairs every now and again, and you fire up the engines and take off. The ship leaves the docking port and you fly away from the world ship, getting another huge view of its side and the normity of it all kind of making out. Yeah, we were kind of way over in that section. No, we were 20 miles over in that section. This is just huge. <laughs> and you fly away. And where are you going? You have a couple options. I think we're heading back to the Citadel. Or we could go to um, where they needed the, the, the law enforcement help. guys. We mm-hmm. could just go straight there. Which was close? Which one? It'd well, be faster wise, to go to the Citadel. Yeah. Yes. Because we can get to the Citadel, I think, in a couple days. Yes. So we wouldn't waste much time going straight to the Citadel and then going back out to the no, other one. No, we would not. So I think that would make yep. it would seem Plus, to make we kind of probably need to get the ball rolling on everything we yeah. promises. Yeah. Maybe get a different ship Hopefully. if they've acquired by now for us. <laughs> Things like that. Fingers All right. Crossed. Yeah. Uh, if, if we're going back, then Augie is spending several days just cleaning the ship, just prepping it. You only have a couple. I know. Okay. Okay. Spending all that time. All right. <clears throat> all right. Uh, then Augie, make an engineering roll. <laughs> just overall cleanliness, m- maintenance. I need a piloting roll, vehicles roll from Epo as you jump into uh, drift space. Yeah. I found the mud maker. What'd you roll? <laughs> a one. A one. Yes. All right. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't sign for that. Not going great. This is like a, this is a scene out of the uh, that 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 cleaning game. The- yeah, <laughs> you get everything just fine, then you actually detach one of the sewage pipes, and it just starts spraying and Ew. spraying. I've I've got this, and it's just spraying. Uh, so you add a lot more work, uh, and you are not going. It's in. F- stinky condition, mm. and chamois don't seem to be getting that smell out. Uh, it's yeah, it's, currently it's in worse condition than when you left, and even with the... How, what did you roll for your piloting? Uh, eight. Eight. <laughs> so now it's on the ceiling, too. <laughs> uh, however, he did give you a little bit of extra time. It wasn't a great uh, jump into drift space. It's going to take you four days. You were thinking two, maybe three days. It takes four days. The place is still not clean. On day two, Augie... You finally are able to get uh, the hose reattached. You open up a panel to try and stop that from any ever We've happening. Got to air yeah. this place out. Yeah. <laughs> window, window. <laughs> uh, you a open breeze. up the panel and you see uh, some a bunch of bean husk type things and a Jeffrey in there smiling. No. That is so creepy. <laughs> hey. I closed the door and hit eject. <laughs> He's waving. Well, hi, August. What are, what are you doing here? I'm aboard. You can't be here. Well, I am. You guys needed an engineer, so I'm here oh, to help. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. I've been kind of, no, no. I've been kind of keeping low. I didn't want to cause, and I was waiting for the right moment. But I've been, 
I've been keeping an eye on the on the on the engine as you guys have been flying. You you <clears throat> you've been sitting through <laughs> you've been sitting through the sewage all this time. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> That explains my horrible role. Is <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey keeping an eye on things? Uh, got Giardia at this point. Hold on, hold on, one, 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 one second. I close him whoa, in there. <laughs> I snatch a bean pod. Uh, we we have a stowaway. You hear over the shipwide intercom? <laughs> what are you talking about? Jeffrey has come aboard. Uh, why? I. I don't know. He won't give me a good reason. Where is he? I got him right here. I'm turning this thing around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Devin will hit, make make his way down to wherever Augie Kolsh is. and Devin have arrived at your side, Augie. I pry open this panel. All right. You see sitting somewhat comfortably in a cramped spot amongst a bunch of bean husks and a pillow is Jeffrey. Jeffrey, why have you run away from the dragon? Hi. That was not my question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, uh, it was it was not working out really well. That the Onua was was really. Uh, I I I'm looking for a different life than than engineering. I'm I'm not I'm we, not the best at it, and we we are well aware. Can, does Augie have any kind of knowledge over the Strigan religion? Uh, you can make a lore roll. Good luck with this one. <laughs> uh, and eight. No. <laughs> and he pops up. <laughs> I don't like my life there. We'll be dropping you off in Circos, where you may start whatever life you want. Or... No or. <laughs> well, no, listen. I can make a great engineer. And you guys said you need one. And I know when this did ship. did say we needed an engineer? You, you had to work said on you it. You didn't want to be an engineer anymore. That's, a, that's, a, that's, that's, you're twisting my words. What's important is that <laughs> you need an engineer. I know this ship inside and out. I've been working on it for the, like the last three days you guys have been oh, yeah. at Ornua. Uh, you've got everything. You you've got a problem, and I can solve the problem. I need a way out, and and I could use some some good friends, and we've really connected over the last few days. This seems like a a perfect match. A I think you had a perfect match when you were with your weird friends back on the world ship. I think I've You're got certainly some, not going to fit in here. Some new weird friends right here. It's henchmen can be useful. Prevent uh, say things like um uh like people booby trapping our ship as we as we leave him on the ship. Tim has his arms crossed in just disappointment right now at this whole Jeffrey situation. He's the one that let Jeffrey on the ship. So uh Epo uh, Kind of hearing this over the comms makes his way. All right. It's on autopilot anyway. Sure. It's just drifting in space. <laughs> That's um, just what he says all the time. <laughs> uh, he comes down with... Uh, stands in front of Jeffrey, pulls his metallic restraints <laughs> out. <laughs> Jeffrey's still in this little yeah. nook. And he both says... As captain of the ship and specialist of the prophets, I place you under arrest for 
doorway. <laughs> and Aj. As... Isn't that more a misdemeanor? We will let we will let them decide at the Citadel once we arrive. We could let that airlock decide too. What? Hey! <laughs> no, no, no! I'm one of you guys. I, You're not. I, no. I help no, Jeffrey no, no. out of his little cramped space. All right. I place the metallic restraints on him. Look, I can share. Wait, what are you oh, doing? It's covered in oil. This is oil. This isn't it's what the same color. <laughs> <laughs> you have his hands behind his back. Why are you doing this? I'm your friend. <laughs> if you're our friend, why why did you hide from us on our ship? Because I didn't want the other Strigan to see me get on board. Why would that should be like a free us, insight right there? <laughs> Look, this is all wrong. No, I'm I'm your helper. You left your friends without an engineer. It was, how is that? How is that being a helper? I think you guys need me more. How do we know you won't do the same thing to us, eh? Because you guys are prophets. You are not a prophet. Don't you have some sort of like deputy process or something? No. It's a very strict. Can I make a persuasion roll? <laughs> what if I get a sure. 20? Go ahead. Make that persuasion roll. I got a 10. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Catherine will come down the hallway. Catherine, you're there. You, oddly enough, see Jeffrey there with his hands behind his back, face pressed against the wall. Epo got a gun pointed to his head, <laughs> screaming at him. I my He's knee. got a gun! I just set my knee in his back. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jeffrey. Um, I'm just going to walk up. And Catherine, say, tell these guys I'm here to help. Uh, Jeffrey, it's unfortunate you came on board with us. You left your friends behind. I hope you left them a note. They are engineerless, and we cannot do anything for you. Oh, a note. <laughs> <laughs> we can bring you back to the Citadel, but you'll have to make your own way, and we cannot protect you. We have another dangerous mission to go on at this point. No one can keep this ship going like I can. Augie is a very competent engineer. If you were able to listen can to us- Can you smell this? He's a <laughs> generally a very competent engineer. <laughs> and we- Have you seen your escape shuttle? We can't, yeah. It's a nest. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's home. <laughs> I mean, he does have a point. <laughs> <laughs> and I scraped off all those scuff marks. Catherine and, looks. And I cleaned up. <laughs> it for a minute. <laughs> Buffed it all out with a grinder. I did. <laughs> yeah. And I cleaned up your repair job. See, it's teamwork. We understand you were unhappy where you were, and we're happy to give you a ride to where we are, but you're going to have to find your own way from there, and you won't know anybody in the city. I'm sorry, but that's going to be the way it is. He is crestfallen and says nothing. His shoulders droop down. Put him in a cabin and he can remain there. And he is kept locked away mm -hmm. by Epo in a cabin. Can you also <laughs> let Augie know what you did to the ship while you were stowed away? Made it perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys continue. You have 
two more days, uncomfortable days with Jeffrey where someone has to bring him food and take him to the restroom and stuff. But he has Social bean tea. pods and Social everything. Tea. Yeah, he, didn't he didn't bring enough. He didn't bring enough. Yeah, that one's relatively compassionate. Catherine All right. Mind helping. And he has two full days to grow bitter. For the anger to grow deep inside, the <laughs> hatred for each and every oh, one of you. But every morning he wakes, hi guys! <laughs> <laughs> for him to become the arch nemesis of the oh, whole God. campaign. Yeah, we're gonna you know run what? into Fine. him at the end. Let Jeffrey be the arch nemesis. <laughs> He's not gonna be a good one, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Three quarters way evil plan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Each clue harder to fall. Oh, you solved it. <laughs> I think, you know, Devin and I probably don't keep him in cuffs. We show him around a little bit. Okay. We do a lot of don't touch that, but we let him see a bit of the universe. He's well but we, escorted. But we right? say the don't touch that to his food. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And we try to equip him with what he's about to face, which is... <clears throat> A situation he knows absolutely nothing about. Yeah, agreed. You arrive at the Give planet. Him some education <laughs> on, about what he's what's right. about to happen. Once we fall out of drift space, Epo calls ahead to to have some MPs or whatever they have at the Citadel ready. Okay, and kind of lets them know what. Yeah, it's not even the Citadel. Just at the uh, you can have drop them off at a starport. There's a space station you can drop them off. There's a lot no, of no, different places. No, I, he's going to the Citadel. Okay, he's. That's where he wanted to go. That's where he's, going. <laughs> he's gonna at least get to see it. Yep. Uh, even if he's hogtied. All right, you guys arrive at the Planet Haven. This is a massive, huge uh, commercial, uh, uh, government focal point of the entire alliance. There's tons of traffic. Jeffrey's glued to a window, watching everything coming and going. He's sad but kind of excited at the same time. You guys arrive and fly over towards the citadel the cool sci-fi castle marble shiny floored structure that is the home of the prophets you arrive in the dock you can see there are no other ships here at the dock and there are some local police officers who have arrived and they walk up to your ship as you uh, step out you've got some sort of criminal before we hand him over, Kolsch wants a minute with young Jeffrey. All right, you head back up. They get their stun prods out. Apo explains to them it's it's merely a stowaway, but um, nonetheless, it was stowed away on a on an official profit mission. Oh my so god, you're like adding decades to a sentence. So that's that's a big deal. Kid, <laughs> don't stow away on any more ships. We may not have been the most welcoming. People, but there are far worse, far worse things that could have happened to you. I recommend finding some local Strigans and starting anew with them, or finding some some work and getting the hell out of here. And I hand him twenty credits and kick him in the ass on the way out. All right, he takes the twenty credits. It says, I won't forget you. I won't forget you. <laughs> I won't forget you, Kolsch. Thanks. I'm sure we'll meet again. I hope not. <laughs> How ominous. 
<laughs> yeah, oh the most innocent nice. I hope this is so gonna happen now. <laughs> We're so screwed. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna. Our next ship. Hi guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm gonna Whoa. hand him thirty credits and say, "You said you're a farmer. There's opportunities here. I think we can probably point you in the right direction." Thanks, Catherine. Do you also boot him in the ass? <laughs> he gets oh, a ready for himself. <laughs> All right, the police take him and they double manacle him with their own, returning your manacles, Epo. Get moving! And they. <laughs> <laughs> credits are falling out of the <laughs> Those are my precious credits! <laughs> and he is taken unceremoniously out for a tribunal charges <laughs> that Epo has drawn up and has already signed. The penalty for stowing away is death. <laughs> Live execution at five. <laughs> Don't waste any time. Epo Would you like his, to know more? Epo is in his ritual combat. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One more trophy to be had. Is <laughs> that a trophy, really? Oh, yeah, I, I have a trophy collection. It's, a, it's part of my... It's three spell. quarters an achievement point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what would you guys like to do? So I guess we're going to probably report in. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to report into the profits. All right, you report in. The command staff are away, uh, but you are able to talk with uh, <laughs> some lieutenant type person and get your information out, and he can provide some moderate amount of resources that the Profits might be able to help with. How do you want to direct the resources, if any? Uh, to, I guess, I would say probably find a, a planet for the Gris to uh, inhabit. Yeah, and talk to the uh, the Minister of Education. Did I have all that right? And say that they probably need an engineer. Oh, okay. Dragon's probably right. an engineer. That was the, engi- the minister was the person that had a connection with them that brought right. you on the mission. Got it. Now that we're at the Citadel, can we find out whether the Gris are actually part of the Alliance or not? You could just the ask Nova me. Alliance. I could tell you. <laughs> had the knowledge. You didn't roll good enough last time. <laughs> we so. don't. No, nobody asked me about the xenobiology. So. No, they never did. Uh, yeah, you can make a, a lore roll, Epo. I'm asking someone else. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to like divine it. Yeah, this is you using all your resources. Google. Well, that's a or that's a twenty. The natural. Gris are primarily from the Legion area of space. Oh. This is an area ruled by weird genetically modified brutes that are very militaristic, and the Gris probably did not fare well underneath them. Hmm. Interesting. So they're kind of like. Uh, Runaways. Yeah, they could be an ally against the <coughs> Legion. Interesting. All right. All right. All right. Um, yeah, and the lieutenant guy says, yeah, we'll we'll find some sort of planet. We don't know how great it'll be. We can certainly find something. Uh, and yeah, we've got a transport ship. We can send right to them. Great ship. They'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they bring out a contract for Augie. <laughs> Why am I signing for all of these? <laughs> uh, Quartermaster Creve does not need to inspect the ship. He says, I, uh, sh- I assume the ship is in excellent condition. Of course. Perfect. Well, we will do a full inspection once I re- take it back, which should be um, in the next uh, few weeks. Take your I'm- time. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you guys like to do? Um, Invest in a Roomba. 
Yeah, is there like a, could we go shopping maybe? Sure, what are you or looking like, for? Um, you have a quartermaster. Yeah, so I'd like some more uh, energy rounds. And like a grenade wouldn't, a frag grenade wouldn't a frag kill grenade. me. frag <laughs> It could kill you though. Yeah. It could, if you use it wrong. Oh, it could literally. Roll. That's the poor Not cool. Like one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is, says he will acquire some energy rounds and a frag grenade for you and see if it gets assigned to you on the next time you're given some missions. Okay. But it has nothing for you. I am going to similarly ask if there is some better armor to be had <laughs> this squishy person who keeps going unconscious. All right. Okay. Uh, well, Augie would like something. Apparently it's <laughs> Christmas, yes. Way of... <laughs> we have credits. We haven't but, uh, got the, we have credits. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to spend the credits that I have. I'm not looking for a handout, so. Um, I suppose we should maybe go on Head to, uh, Soar. Yeah. What was it? Do we want to, do we want to find out anything about this Dr. Mars? Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. That's a good Ma- idea. Mares, Mares. M-A-R-E-S. Mares. M-A-R-E-S. Yeah, that's that. Search the prophet database. Devin will do that. Or somebody who's good at computers. Is it about Well, I think it'll be a lore role, I assume. And what are you looking for? Information on Dr. Mares. Make a lore roll. 24. Nice. That's 24, enhanced by a computer as well uh, here at the Citadel. The 24 tells you there is a Dr. Mares at the Alliance Science Corps, which has a research installation that is a short drive away from here. It's not oh. far at all. And uh, Use the drift globe anyway. <laughs> drift. Just drive. Drift drive. And there's uh, several uh, awards, scientific awards that Dr. Mares uh, has won, primarily for stellar phenomena. Dr. Mares, male or female? Uh, Dr. Mares is a... Or (laughs) non-binary. No. Dr. Mares is a male rat folk, similar to Augie. What was your race name again? Nevi. What's that? Nevi. N-I-V-I. Nevi. I will inform our the companions that we have Dr. Mares directly on planet. You're in Syracuse. It seems like we can probably take a day to go speak with him. Uh, if he will see us, yes. Yeah. We're prophets. He'll see us. This is a good point. We should definitely visit him. Perhaps Augie could take the lead on this one. Why would I take the lead on this one? Well, you two are similar backgrounds. A doctor of engineering. But you're both. You're both. Scientists? Scientists, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the diplomat plays the role. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> scientist to another. We go. Off right, we go. Off to go see I'm not driving or off to see the Navy. You guys t- take a small uh, vehicle over towards this research facility. The Alliance Science Corps is a series of huge, tall 
maybe wide more so than tall. There's six, seven stories tall compound that's very secure. There are, are guards with a gate that's coolly force field wobbly. You can just kind of see through and your car pulls right up and there's an armored guy with a rifle similar to Kulch's who walks over and checks your ID and waves you on through as you are prophets. I can give you guys lots of crap and I don't know who the prophets are or I don't respect the prophets or who are the prophets. But you're on your home turf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, you guys have a lot of pull around this region, especially if you can mess with children's birthday parties so easily and get away with murder. Um, <laughs> Literally. Uh, yes. Murder. Wreaking havoc with oh, the yeah. bouncy castle industry. Crab mm -hmm. <laughs> castle. You are drive up through some... Uh, a nice courtyard type section with grass. There's a little fountain. There are some t weapon turrets that are out and slowly just pivot around, not towards you guys, but just around the general vicinity. It's kind of counters the nice vibe that they have. You're not sure why. And your car comes to a stop. Pop up turrets in the restrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Eliminating fickle matter. <laughs> <laughs> Incendiary. No, um, uh, you get out of your car and you walk up some steps, some big doors part. There are more armed guards there. They check your IDs and uh, so they immediately security. point guns at you. Party bards? Why are these? No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, Bill, party bard. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, they let you in. There is a uh, receptionist. There's a guy there. He's got this cyber thing attached permanently to the side of his head. It's like a little Bluetooth type thing that extends out from his face and moves up. And um, he talks through this glass so he doesn't uh, have physical contact with your very air. You're not sure why. And he <laughs> says, welcome to the Alliance Science Corps. How may I help you? Um, Augie steps up, places a, a a heavy but calloused little paw up on the window thump, that has a little tag written on it that says Dr. Maris so he doesn't have to keep spelling it. <laughs> We're looking for the Dr. Maris. And you are? I am... Another paw comes out. <laughs> a third paw comes out. Four paws. Clamber up the window. I am uh, uh, Prophet Stilton. We are here to see the doctor. And I press the badge up against the window. The badge works. I will see if someone can quickly speak with you and uh, then have Dr. Mares uh, come to you. Mares is uh, unavailable for the next few moments, but we'll see you, I'm sure. Please have a seat. And several chairs rise up out of tiled floors. <laughs> He's very high tech. <laughs> uh, is he Please moving? have a seat. I just, I rest my nose on the top of the thing and just, I, the whole time. <laughs> just look at him with, with puppy rat eyes. I'm, I'm just waiting for Dr. Mares. <laughs> Some guards from the door walk over. You're going to need to have a seat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> But I'm waiting for Dr. Mares. M-A-R. M. -A -R -M. <laughs> I'll go ahead and have a seat. All right, the guards are grateful for it. 
And uh, all of you take a seat, I'm assuming. Yeah. Sure. And you uh, sit there for 10, 15 minutes, and a lady comes out with a tray and some <clears throat> blue uh, glasses with blue liquid and says, would you like some refreshments while you wait? How long do you expect the wait to be? Uh, it will be in at least an hour, I'm afraid. We were told just a few minutes. It's... It is important we speak to Dr. Mayers as soon as possible. Uh, it has been made aware, and I will re-emphasize that. A beverage? We all just kind of stare at her, I think. <laughs> I will like, take my leave. emphasize <laughs> She leaves. <laughs> About 15 minutes go by, and uh, someone else comes out. And it's a very Dr. Lab Cody type person, but it is a human lady and not a Navi. Um, Navy. Navy. Navi. 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 Not a Navi avatar. Navi. She strides out quickly and says, I am so sorry for the delay. Dr. Mares is indisposed at the moment. We'll be here as soon as possible. Uh, is there anything I can help you with? Yes, you can take us to Dr. Mears. What is her name? Uh, I'm uh, Dr. Leslie Holland. Dr. Holland, it's really wonderful to meet you. Huh. Uh, we look forward <laughs> to Dr. Mears, and we will be hanging out here for quite a while until he comes. In the meantime, some of the work that we've been given by the prophets uh, in other places is going undone, and... We do really worry for some of the people in on one of our other missions. So if you could, you know, tell him that this is of the utmost most importance, he would appreciate it. Of course. Um, in the meantime, you're welcome to <clears throat> browse some of our information. She hands out crystal flat data pad type things without the cool rugged uh, profit, you know, machines that can take. These are just slick glass things with computers that are just computer screens and she hands them to you um if there's anything else you need just ask the front desk and i will have uh the doctor be out as quickly as possible uh, as she starts walking away uh, augie gets alongside her and kind of waves her down to kind of come down to his level a little bit so he can speak to her okay yes uh, you would you would inform the good doctor that this is a quarantine situation you would tell him that we need to see him now Make a intimidation roll. Mm. <laughs> you adorable thing, you. Uh, let's see, uh, a ten. A ten. I will pass along the message mm -hmm. and rub your little cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> and she walks away. Twenty minutes later. Oh boy. The a door opens up where there was no door, and a just a sheer yeah. bluish gray wall, and a door slides open, and you hear over an intercom through the glass panel that's only ten feet away, but the intercom over your head is the receptionist. You may go through the door now. 
Thank you. <laughs> we'll be with you in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we can play this power game. <laughs> Augie defiantly continues with his highlights magazine. <laughs> oh, I made it through the maze. <laughs> no, you have a lot of problems with those, actually. <laughs> there is no cheese. <laughs> well, we go in. You go into this uh, meeting room. It's a table that looks very cold in a bunch of gray, blue, pale blue steel walls that are very cold. They've got one of those crystal screens that's maybe three feet by two feet long rectangle that's trying to put beautiful pictures of Shutterstock models that are trying to pretend they're scientists like helping children and like growing a plant that's just playing in a slideshow. They left the watermark. <laughs> And <clears throat> there is a uh, Nevi. Nevi. God bless America. Nevi. A Nevi. Uh-huh. One of the rat-like um, uh, race that is similar to uh, August is uh, sitting there and uh, he's working and doing some numbers and stuff and looks up. The door closes behind you. Uh, Ipo, you make note of where it's at because it is sealed and completely looks like a pure wall. You see no exits out of this room. Uh, <clears throat> during our uh, our wait here, we determined what section of science this actually is, or is it just one general? It's a whole bunch of different uh, types of science, all well, sorts of different Were we able schools. to learn what Dr. Mayer specializes in through what they Stellar do? Science. Yep. Uh, stellar science. Stellar yeah. science dealing with... Um, when did we learn that? When you did your role. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so defeated. Really? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, damn. I'm good. Stellar science. Uh, it, it mentions in their literature on the screens that you were looking at that uh, Dr. Mayers has done a lot of work with uh, uh, nebulae and gas giant harvesting. Um, so techniques to be able to withdraw uh, special gases from rare planets. Okay. All right. Uh, Augie will approach as as Nevi do, not not like not like a scientist scientist type thing. So it's it's this kind of floppy kind of walk. Walking up <laughs> and sniffing his butt. What do you? <laughs> what is it? Entail? It's just it's less uh, professional than than right. most. So, but it's more familial at that point. All right. The doctor <clears throat> looks up at you and looks right back down to his data pad and continues typing away. You? Yes, I'm quite busy. This is some sort of matter of importance with the police. Not with the police. This is with the prophets. The same thing, right? I would consider this more important. Well, you have my undivided attention. And he sits back and unknowingly pushes his data pad (laughs) away from him and crosses his arms. I have come here with with the other prophets to ask you about uh, something that we discovered on a, a world ship that we were on recently. It takes five of you to ask this question. No, I'm the only one asking the question. I noticed your name on a log specific to this world ship and your name attached to a uh, cryogenesis Chris, uh, look device. away. Look away, Chris. Look away. <laughs> He's staring me down. I'm just paying He's staring me down. I'm paying attention to my DM. Waiting, waiting for the read. <laughs> I actually wasn't trying to read you in that moment. <laughs> We found some information on on the ship, the 
in the cryogenesis uh, stasis chamber, uh, but the creature inside seems to have gotten free. And uh, we wanted to know what you knew about that. This creature posed a danger to everyone on that ship. You see the good Dr. Mamers <laughs> <laughs> go a little pale at the mention of all this. And so we wanted to find out what you knew. There is much more to this than uh, than just a, a standard transportation of a creature. This this one, this one spoke. This one entrapped for a great many years, and all that time, and finally broke free. While you're saying this, Maris is typing again on his data pad. This one even said it had a name. I see you know what I'm speaking about. And so this is why you bring five prophets here to intimidate me? Is it needed? We're sort of a package deal. Uh, August uh, gets gets uh, gets a little bit more of a glower. His actual picture on the uh, on the page here, uh, where he just gets stern and stares deep into the other Nevi's eyes. Mm. Do we need five prophets to arrest you? How deep does this go? You say you saw my name on some sort of log on some sort of ship. Yes. I have log entries in many places. I believe I've worked on uh, the world ship some years ago. That was a failed project. I believe it was sold for scrap. I don't know why you're trying to attach my name to any of this. Sold for scrap. This ship used uh, was designated to go to the uh, uh, the ASC, but instead wound up in the hands of Strigan. Uh, Colonists, your experiment, whatever it was, was discovered. Actually, broke free on its own volition. He doesn't quite know how to respond. He looks at you, Augie. He looks at the giant cat, Kolsch. Mm, who's approaching. You're approaching. Mm-hmm. All right. Dr. Mares starts typing at a different section of his data pad. What are you doing, Kolsch? Uh, Chandra got into my head. You need to start talking or we'll make this more formal. Make an intimidation roll. A 11. 11. <laughs> I think it would be best if you took your leave. I don't have any information I can provide you. <laughs> if we leave, you're coming with us. Dr. Mares. And I, like, <laughs> get my way through everybody who's in front. You want to change your class to voice of reason? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were attacked. We know you were linked to this. We don't know if it was malicious or not. 
but at the moment, we have no reason to not believe that. We are here to find out if you would like to clear your name, or if there is something that we should know in connection with this. There are people on that world who could have been hurt, they could have been wiped out, and then that creature could have gone to a different planet and been a plague wherever it went. Tell us what you know, and we can help clear your name. Dr. Mares looks defeated, and he says, All right, I'll tell you. And we'll stop there for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So, Strigan and Gris, no clear ally to the heroes and no clear solution to the situation on board the ship. Catherine talked her way out of trouble, but could not bring the two sides together. And out of the darkness slipped this dangerous monster known as Chadra, determined to get off the ship. Thank you to Jillian, Chris, Tim, Christopher, and Seth, as well as our sponsor, the Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, check out our Patreon account at patreon.com slash ingloriousbards. What will Dr. Mares reveal about this Chadra creature? And when exactly will Jeffrey return to bring ruin to the galaxy? Until next time.